Okay, so this is the fifth episode of my wonderfully titled show, Price Archery and Hunting. Still thinking about a name change on that. Um, and I'm with someone today who doesn't really need much introduction. If you've been into archery for a while, you know him. Uh, that's Mr. Jeff Fabry. How are you doing today, Jeff? Uh, we're doing all right tonight. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Well, yeah, you got a little whiskey there. You're always doing good. <laughs> <laughs> that that just helps me get through this and stop being nervous when I talk to people. I don't know why I get that way talking. I've only been talking to my friends. Exactly. And it's still, it's like uh, you hit record. Hitting record on this is a lot like is like you go through those first two practice rounds at a shoot, and then and then it's oh, they this blow the whistle. Counts. Yeah, this one's for score now. Exactly. <laughs> So this is where I shoot my nines when I start talking on the recording. <laughs> um, well, so first, um, go, go ahead, and I mean, I'm sure you've done this a million times, but for anyone new um, that's listening to this who doesn't know you, um, kind of love to hear your story. Um, just kind of where you started into archery and, um, you know, even through to your Paralympic journey and okay and we'll get into some of your incredible coaching stuff here in a little bit too all right I mean you know basically I was like every other kid around here you know you grow mm -hmm. up hunting with the, you know your dad and friends yeah um you know I'd go up into d7 we'd go up above uh, Bass Lake up to Jackass Meadows and bow hunt and loved it you know you know I was 12 13 just going around flinging sticks couldn't hit nothing but we had a great time yeah and when I turned 15, that's when I got my motorcycle accident, lost the arm and leg. And, you know, at that time of my life, I was like, all right, not even to think about archery again. You know, I lost my right hand, which was the hand to pull the string back with. And I was like, all right, you know, archery is a done deal. Yeah. Um, years later, uh, my buddies were going bow hunting. And I'd remembered a, uh, a radio talk show on, like, on the am channel my dad's truck so i heard it and it was about a guy over in england who were sh who was shooting who was shooting a bow with his teeth and i don't know why that stuck in back of my mind but all of a sudden it pops up oh really and i'm like you know what i'm watching my buddies you know walk out of the house get in the truck and head up to the hills i was like man if you know if there's some guy that actually did that why couldn't i give it a try so went and Took my roommate's old bow out of his closet and cut up a pair of blue jeans, tied that onto the string for a mouth tab. Yeah, I remember biting on that material, going, "Man, this is gonna hurt. I know it." And pushed that bow out forward, came to full draw, and relaxed the, you know, relaxed my mouth, and the arrow went to the target. And I was like, "Oh hell, we're in business now." <laughs> and so you know that, you know that one uh, step, you know, kind of pushing fear out of the way and doubt. Yeah. And actually just doing it, man, that opened up a whole new life for me. Was um, was archery the first thing you did that with? Or was that kind of the first point where you maybe... You know what? I, I think it was. Because um, everything else I've done, you know, since the accident, it was... I did everything my buddies did. You know, yeah. I got my driver's license when I was supposed to get them. Oh, okay. You know, I yeah. did, did everything everyone else was doing. Um, so that was probably the the one thing that that i that i could have tried if i'd really thought about it yeah but because i didn't put any effort into thinking about it i just you know 
out of sight, out of mind type deal. I mean, that's got to be a pretty cool moment, too, because that probably opened you up for a lot of other stuff, too. Like, oh, man. It was you're crazy. Because like, you had already told yourself, well, I'm done with this forever. And right. now you're like, you know what? I could do this. There's probably a million other things I could do. Right. Oh, you yeah, know? for and, sure. And, you know, it's, you know, that got me back into the hills. Um, and because, you know, it, it, as soon as I shot that arrow, it became an addiction. Yeah. I mean, I just loved it. And I loved it in a sense, you know, on the hunting aspect. Right. I didn't even think about shooting targets, none of, none of that stuff. <clears throat> and so, you know, I practice all the time, start hanging out local shops and, you know, um, the bow hut and Visalia was in business back then. And I'd go in there and hang out and shoot some arrows and stuff. And I remember I asked the owner, I go, hey, you got any part-time work? You know, these guys are back here bitching about fletching arrows. I don't know how, but, you know, I can learn. Yeah. He looked at me and goes, you know what? When we have arrows need fletched, I'll call you, and I'll pay you by the dozen. Hey, perfect. And went in there, you know, just part-time, um, you know, fletch a dozen, two, three dozen arrows, and go home. And then after a while, I got to be friends with everybody, and I told the owner, I go, hey, what if I try doing some sales? He goes, you want to be on the floor? I go, why not? He's all right, try it. So I started selling bows and selling arrows. So, I mean, and, you know, that just kind of kind of told me, all right, this is definitely for you, you know. That, There's yeah, no limits. Kind of this. cemented in archery for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So you actually, I mean, you you made archery kind of your lifestyle and source of income pretty young then. Yeah, I was probably, I can't even tell you how old I was. But, I mean, I was at just about out of college when I started doing all this. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it was maybe a 12-year gap between, you know, losing the hand and actually shooting another arrow. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't, you what, know, just... What was the college plan? Where were you, what were you thinking of doing? Um, at first, it was diesel tech. I went work on diesel fuel systems. Um, you know, back then, there was no... Uh, electronics and stuff so you're you know standard pump and injector and yeah. you know and that was cool it was fun but it's like all right do i want to smell diesel fuel my whole life no so then it was uh <laughs> you know looking to you know taking some business classes and stuff like that so you um you made the decision that that i've thought about a lot that i i look back on the when i really got into archery and everything and i I made a decision real quick for money that that I, I, I'm locked into now and committed to, you know. Right. I've, I've got to take care of the family. i got to pay oh, the bills. Yeah. I've got to. And I look back and I think, damn it, if I was just a little smarter, I could have hung it out and worked myself into archery. Especially from the things I learned from archery, talking to people and stuff. I realized right. I could have found my way into working for an archery related business or something you know and and been in the same place i am now at least financially and right been in the field i love right and that's something that always fascinates me too is talking to people um pros and a lot of people who are in archery for a living um whether it's just winning tournaments and making money or teaching or running a bow shop um because it's, um, for me now, it, it makes me wonder, like, did those people come from a day job like I have now and switch into it? 
um, because it, I think of the juggle I go through right now, right. trying to, I, you know, I think I can do it. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to, it's, it's so much fun, but it's like, I'm down to literally the hour every day of my time. Like I got to the point where I'm like, you got to, you got to cut out TV forget about watching a show or nobody cares what yeah. happens on Walking Dead this week. You need, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to make time. You know, all right. I am going to shoot my bow at this time yeah you know else you don't get no practice in life's just too damn busy yeah i mean so yeah that's it's pretty awesome that that um you were able to jump into it right after college like that and yeah not get stuck doing something that you might have regretted later yeah but hell you know i always uh kind of did what i wanted to do i guess you could say yeah so you know if something worked out i'm all right let's try something different yeah so, but, you know, it was cool is, you know, it was, everything's been a stepping stone for me. That's the way I look at it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I started working at the bow hut and then started hanging out in impact archery when it was on Belmont. Yeah. And I was going over there and they talked me into shooting, uh, Vegas leagues. Oh, okay. So I started doing that and then, uh, the bow hut closed down. So Tom and Barbara and... Leonard and uh, Don and Sandy Myers bought Impact, and they go, "Hey, mm-hmm. you want a job?" Yeah, hell, why not? Yep, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and they kind of that finalized uh, the tournament bug for me was going over to Impact. Yeah. So you know, I, my first Vegas trip was you know with shooters from that shop, and it was crazy. You know, so it's just been here 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 right you know just yeah just <laughs> that's why i tell everybody just take baby steps don't get don't get in a hurry and try to rush to the end mm-hmm. get in baby steps and see what the journey's all about yeah you know yeah i mean that's um it, that's kind of a big deal with um what people so many people try to rush through like the levels of how do i say this um Whenever I look at target archery and people getting involved with it, it's so easy now to read who's going to quit, who's going to stick it out. And and a lot of it is based off of something that you actually mentioned to me the other day is um, is learning how to practice in the beginning. And people learn how to practice the wrong way. Exactly. And they don't realize it. And then they'll things will work out kind of lucky and they'll plateau at a certain score that they feel happy with at the time. Right. But then as time progresses, it needs to get higher and they might get a few more points and then just a major crash yep. will happen because the target panic and everything kicks in. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like they're not getting the scores they want, so they are they don't realize it, but they're putting doubt in their own mind. Yeah. And then you get too much doubt, all right, we're on the back hill slide. Yeah. So... You know, that's the one thing with me, you know, all these years, it's, I've pretty much had the same practice plan for years now. Okay. You know, once, say, November hits, October it hit, all right, days are getting shorter, we're not shooting outdoors anymore, let's get prepped up for Vegas. So, you know, pull up Mm -hmm. the fat arrows, or sometimes I wouldn't even pull up the fat arrows, but always, you know, it's, let's get up close to the target, get our shot back, feel comfortable, you know, once I can shoot x amount of arrows in one hole at five yards go back to 10 yards go back to 15 yards by the time you're back to, to 20 yards you know you're shooting the scores you're looking for yeah 
but people, they, they always want to put the cart ahead of the horse. And so they never get to the potential they could. Right. Because they're wanting it now. And archery is definitely not a sport where you're going to get it now. No. <laughs> Even though everybody's trying to buy their points all the time. <laughs> no. And it, yeah, and when, when you have someone like you coaching, uh, you, you guys, if, if, if you have someone coaching you, just like Jeff, you, you got to listen when they say, hey, you need to stop worrying about these tournaments for a minute. Break down to step one. Go back to the beginning. Yep. And it's what you would do with anything, you know, it's... Oh, for sure. You're you're not going to, if you're learning a piano, you're not going to jump on it and just start banging keys like crazy. You're not going to be fast. You, And if, you know, if you learn that wrong, you're going to have to start over too. Yeah, definitely. Nobody likes to strip down to, and it sucks. That's what, I mean, I could attribute that to allowing me to get to the scores I am now and at least feel like I'm actually competing at some of these events in the pro division right um you know even though i i know what i still have to accomplish i'm still not where i need to be obviously but yeah but it's just it's just a little bit more time yeah that's all it is yeah you know but if yeah if i didn't if i didn't go back to the beginning however many years ago it was and start all over and uh i did it kind of with the evolution release and blank Mm -hmm. veil shooting and if and um yeah that's whole i mean <clears throat> yeah and you can ask a lot of coaches quality coaches blank bell shooting it's it's got its you know its place yeah you know it's definitely something that a guy should should not do you know you have to get in there and spend some tires it sucks it's boring mm-hmm. but you put some time a lot of time in on it you know you're gonna see the result yeah so i i kind of realized it's it's I used it more as an opportunity because when you think about the time that you set aside every day to shoot your bow, mm-hmm. uh, you want to be out. People want to be out there shooting at a target or feel like they're practicing for something specific. Right. And when I had a hard time wanting to shoot blank bail, especially when I knew I was at a point with like the evolution where I knew I could get it to fire and I wanted to start learning how to hold it in the middle of that target and let it fire. Mm-hmm. I use I started doing blank bail on the time that I didn't set aside for shooting. Like I wake up in the morning 30 minutes earlier and do some blank bail for 15 minutes at least before right. I got oh, yeah. my day started or all, another 15 minutes at night. And then I'd look back on it and be like, well, I just, I put 60 arrows through the bow with good form, blank bail every mm-hmm. day. I, at least I did that. Right. You know, as opposed to not doing it at all. Yeah. Because it's so easy when you're, especially when you know, oh, I've got an hour and a half to practice right now, and it's easy to talk yourself out of blank bail practicing, That's and then you're sure. just, yeah, <laughs> you're just punching a trigger at a target or right back to where you started and not yeah. really get anything. Sure, I um, can I tell you, you know, there'd be nights, you know, it'd be December, January, and I can't sleep. It's ten o'clock at night. All right, I'm gonna go out in the driveway and blank bail. I'd go sit out there for two hours and. You know, it's colder than heck. Yeah. And just sit there and shoot arrows, shoot an arrow, shoot an arrow, shoot an arrow. And, you know, I I don't think, you know, I didn't look at it as, um, you know, this is going to get me there. Mm-hmm. I looked at it, all right, we're working on this. Let's, you know, let's make it happen. Right. So. 
and that's that's the biggest thing you know when you're go out no matter what type of practice you're doing you always have to have some part of your shot or something in the routine that you're going to be working on and a lot of people just go out there and shoot arrows what's the point of it yeah you're not getting nowhere you're just going to stay where you're at yeah yeah exactly and i mean i i started to like it after a while because i realized i'm when i'm shooting blank bail in the garage again i could be garage damn you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i i look at it like at the house you know my house now it's like well i could be inside watching tv not gaining something in archery Mm -hmm. instead i'm going to be out here for those 30 minutes and doing this and um you know i even i I definitely, I don't even use my kid as an excuse. I bring her with me to shoot. Oh, man. She loves shooting now, too. It was, it's a blast. <laughs> I remember when my daughter was little, you know, I'd put her in a walker. Yeah. And I'd sitting on the driveway. I'd shoot arrows, and we'd walk down to the target together and come back. Shoot some more arrows, walk down to the target and come back. That girl, she's seen more arrows shot than probably any little kid at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever, I, when I'll, I'll take her... Um, Last year, I finally got to a point where I I didn't have to reset, uh, do a new sight tape before every tournament. Wow. That used to be my issue. Right. <laughs> Last year, I went most of the season on the same one, but I remember the first time I said it, I, um, I you remember uh, Gus the Speedio? Yeah. Yeah. I I've been shooting out at his place because it's like five minutes from my house in Sanger. Right. So we got a cool little spot set up out there, and um, I grabbed the kid from school we'd go out there and i'm sighting in and she just got her new little bow that i got her for christmas and now she wants to shoot so it's i'll shoot five arrows at one distance daddy when is it my turn when's it my turn and then and then i, I it ended up taking me a week to sight in but i wouldn't trade it for anything it's oh, heck no. still shoot my five arrows and then walk up there with her and shoot 10 and exactly <laughs> Yeah. Watch um, them bounce off the target. Hey, good shot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Every now and then they, they just do something completely different and random and just oh, yeah. fling one way a mile over the target. <laughs> and <laughs> um, So um, where where did your journey kind of into you, where we kind of left off a minute ago is you um, – once you got involved with the shop and everything and you kind of got started on Vegas League, I'm I'm assuming was Vegas kind of your first... Uh, yeah, I mean, we go to Vegas and it was when it was at the Sands uh, Convention yeah. Center. and The earliest I went was the Riviera. Yeah, and but, you know, it was... I didn't know what the hell to expect. Don't, with uh, Tim Burnett and hell, Darren D'Ambrosio was there. That's right, yeah. Paul Nichols, you know, that was the old crew. And shoot. We get in there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, a lot of damn people here. It's <laughs> <laughs> finally my turn to shoot. So we get up there on the line, and they blow that whistle. And all of a sudden, you hear bows going off, and you hear arrows pop, 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 hitting the targets. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and try to draw that first arrow back, and I shake him so damn bad. I couldn't keep it on the arrow rest. And, <laughs> man, it, it was it was a tough tournament. You know, um, I know I finished, I didn't finish dead last, but I was down the bottom of the pack, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, I mean, but but because of all that excitement, all that adrenaline, I mean, 
it, it was a it was something new to me. You yeah, know, I never had an experience like that. You know, in especially indoors. Yeah, you know, like all right. So I got home and I was thinking about it. I go, you know what? I want to continue to do this. So I told myself the following year I'm going to go back and I'll, I'm going to do a hell of a lot better. Well, if next year it was at the uh, at the Riviera. Okay. And we got in there, and I'd practice my butt off. And I actually had a uh, a Hoyt Aspen that I single cam that I'd shot. And because the first time at Vegas, I was shooting, oh, what the hell was it? It's like a, a Hoyt Raider Intruder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is my hunting bow. It's got command cams, 70 pounds. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I didn't know what the hell a target bow was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I get this Hoyt Aspen. It was black for uh, XT2000 lens, uh, red line cam on it. And the bow was pretty badass. But I go back with that bow and... I put up some good scores the first two days. Last day, I'm on the number one butt. I'm like, check this out. I'm like, all right, cool. So we start shooting for score, and uh, this kid was sh- shooting next to me on the target. And when he had looked through his binoculars, I was on his right side. He'd lean his bow over. He was, I think he was trying to get it you know, in my line of sight to jack with me. I was like, all right, you want to play like that? It just, I mean, I just tightened everything up. And, man, I think I shot a 98 on that one to win. 96 or 98 to win. And I shoot that last arrow, and the, everybody behind me knew I'd won. I didn't have a clue. And you, everybody just hooping and hollering. And I'm like, oh, did I? <laughs> well, all right, thanks, cool. So, I mean, that's some kind of feeling, man. That's, oh, I'm telling you. Gosh dang, yeah, I and I think, you know, the best part about that tournament was um you know, I got some contingency monies kicked down from Hoyt. And but with the money I was able uh, I was uh, me and Crystal were dating at the time. Okay. So I was able to buy her engagement and wedding ring with that money that I've won. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so that you know. so your your first or your second year in Vegas. Exactly. That's awesome, yep. man. <laughs> that's a Quite a story of, of a start for an archery oh, man. journey, man. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, but I remember <clears throat> that year we went back to Oklahoma City and shot Indoor Nationals, NFA, Indoor Nationals, a five spot. Uh, won that one. And so, I mean, my first year, I hit the two biggest indoor shoots at the time. And, you know, won my class at both of them, I was like, damn, this is all right. Yeah. You know? I didn't think I was any better than the next archer to me online. Just, you know, that was my day. Yeah. You know? I mean, it it seems like you, uh, did did you do a bunch of uh, work on the mental game in that first year? Or did it just kind of, maybe you, know what, you just shot it, it so much I you were just I've getting sh- comfortable? I shot it so much, practiced so much yeah. that, you know, I can look back now and, and see the little, you know, things I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it, but yeah, it was helping the mental game. Yeah. So, I like it was. It was really weird for me. This um, this year was my first year shooting championship in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I started shooting pro everywhere else, right. and then I was like, okay, you you have to shoot it in Vegas now. You can't not do this. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I got there not shooting three hundreds every single day, and I was like, well. We'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> and it was so weird because it was like starting over again. Yeah. Because I, 
the, you know, uh, the years before that, I can go into into the the hall with the flights mm-hmm. in Vegas, and I can put out uh, comfortably put out ninety eights, ninety nines, and really like it got to the point where my heart wasn't even really pounding anymore in there. I got super comfortable with it and Too just. Yeah, I, so comfortable that my first arrow on championship line, I mean, you could see my heart pounding <laughs> out of my chest. Somehow I managed to shoot all X's my first uh, two rounds. And then <laughs> I, I, got, I got so involved with what was going on next to me. I've got, um, I, there was someone shooting next to me. I'll, I'll tell you after. I don't want to <laughs> drop his name on this in case he's listening. He knows who he is, but it, we had a laugh about it. But he <laughs> um, he was on the line there with me, and this guy had been smoking 300s before we came to Vegas too. And we're standing up there, and somehow he ended up right next to me through all the registration. I don't know how that happened, but I'm looking. somebody off. Yeah, I maybe shoot next to this kid. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah <laughs> he has to shoot next to me um so i i i think it was the second round i shot my last arrow and i was like getting because i had just shot all x's like i i didn't start calming down yet i was still super amped up that i was staying clean right and i look over at him and i keep hearing click click as he's pulling back, his arrow's falling off his rest. And I look, and his foot is shaking, like, oh, while he's standing yeah. there. And and he kind of looks at me. He looks down at his foot, and he goes, son of a bitch. And he slams his foot on the ground and draws back super fast. It clicks off. He sets it back up, and boop. And I, I think he got it in there, too. He still shot pretty damn good. I think he only dropped a few points. <laughs> the whole weekend but he was running out of clock time and oh i bet I, I i just immediately started thinking about that the rest of the shoot <laughs> <laughs> he's got it worse than i do We're oh good. man <laughs> the the most comfortable moment for me was uh was when i dropped my second nine. Oh yeah i dropped that second nine i'm like oh i can just cruise now and stop being all excited and go drink and have fun tonight and <laughs> Well, see, that sounds like, you know, sound like you kind of switched up, you know, what you do before a tournament compared to practice. Yeah. And, you know, you can't do that. No, no, absolutely not. I I definitely have been letting the indoor game get in my head because um, I, I've been getting really comfortable outdoors and really That's not it. having issues between even, even to Reading. The last three years for me have been my highest scores consecutively yeah. each year. Um but, you know, you talk about guys being nervous. Shit. I still get nervous. That that yeah. first end and the last end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I get that way. But, you know, and I think if I didn't get that way, I, I probably wouldn't keep shooting. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that, you know, internal fire that's just mm-hmm. blowing up. And you're like, God, settle down, settle down. And right. let's try to get that, that great shot going. All right, that was a good one. Next one, that was a good one. Next one, oh hell, I dropped a point. Oh well, but <laughs> it's and it's so addicting too. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's similar to hunting and being on oh, an yeah. animal. You know, and if yeah, if that feeling, I agree with you hundred percent. If that feeling went away, this just wouldn't be fun. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, it's you know, and you know, there are guys that they're you know the way they're built, they they don't get nervous. Yeah. You know, they've got you know other things that keep them going in the sport. You know, mm-hmm. but I know for guys like me, man, if, if if I didn't get all wound up and feel myself shaking, yeah, I probably wouldn't be out you know out shooting anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, for me, it's like getting on a big buck. You're just like. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything just goes out the window. Oh, man. It's, it, it takes a minute to kind of recompose yourself. And <laughs> I was on a buck last year, had my son with me, and we're looking at it. He's like, Dad, I can shoot it. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's like, no, I can. And he's just ice cold. And, you know, I know if I would have told him take the shot, he'd smoked it, no big deal. And while I'm sitting there looking through the scope and just a mess... Yeah. You know, I, I put the animal down, but I'm just like, damn it, kid. Who'd you get that from? <laughs> I was I was actually talking to someone um, recently, uh, one of my hunting partners. I was talking with him about how both of us kind of realized when, um, when we shoot a bow, uh, drawing on animals, we feel more comfortable than we do trying to hold with a rifle on animals. Definitely still get excited and... Yeah, and I mean, but look how much, how much more time on a bow you spend than a rifle. Exactly. That's I mean, yeah. That's got to be a, a big part of it. Yeah. You know, hell, I go out and sight my rifle in. Maybe I'll take a couple of trips to range every now and again. Yeah. But you know, I've shot you know, a, you know, three or four thousand arrows in that time. Yeah, exactly. So that's the problem. I I hardly ever shoot a rifle so much. I feel like I'm as accurate. I'm, I I would shoot the same distances as I do with my bow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I want to try and be ethical about it, I don't. I I don't want to take something that I haven't been practicing four or five hundred yards that I don't know that I can make that that's, shot. That's true. You know, but there's um, a lot of people out there that are the, the opposite. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've we've talked about that like three times on this podcast about people who, you know, who grab their bow the day before season starts and they're oh, like, yeah, yeah, we need to hunt tomorrow. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's rough. Then you hear, well, I, I stuck one, but we didn't find it. Yeah, because you slipped it through the guts. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and then a week later, there's a picture uh, <laughs> flown all over Facebook. Can you believe this deer walking around Shaver Lake with an arrow <laughs> in its ass? And, and it doesn't, you can... You can try as hard as you can want to explain, you know, that the arrow's going to fall out. It's going to be okay, luckily, in that scenario. Right. But, exactly. <laughs> no, nobody cares. That's on the news and everyone thinks we're bad guys. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, well, anyways, so coming back to some of our target archery stuff here. Um, with, I guess kind of a two-part question here one after vegas how how did the journey unfold kind of leading all the way up to paralympics and where where did the real focus like on the mental game kind of come up okay in that process um i mean the journey for the paralympics that actually began in uh kansas city missouri Went back to shoot uh, indoor nationals, NFAA. Um, there was a kid there in a wheelchair named Aaron Cross. And 
he was, you know, another kid in a wheelchair. There ain't too many of us around back then. <laughs> so I went over, you know, hey, bud, what's your name? Chatting with him, you know. We kind of hung out off and on that weekend. He's like, hey, I shoot on the Paralympic team. Why don't you come on out and, you know, shoot some arrows with us? Oh, yeah, yeah, great, great. And I got away from him. I'm like, screw that. I ain't going out there. But, you know, at that time, you got to realize, um, really, the para stuff hadn't kicked off yet like it, it has now. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, there was just a, a sprinkling of para-athletes that were actually shooting. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, my thought was, you know, when I looked at the Paralympics, it was, I thought it was going to be a lesser amount of talent out there. Um, and that, you know, that was my own bad. And I think mostly because, you know, I thought, all right, if you got someone that's, you know, paralyzed, you know, has to sit in a wheelchair can't move their arms how are they going to be accurate right well hey jackass how can you be accurate shooting with your teeth you know <laughs> so you know i'd met aaron he told me hey come out and, and shoot and kind of blew him off and then uh a couple of years later me and the wife were sitting at home watching television and the paralympics from sydney came on oh, that was okay. the 2000 games and Aaron Cross pops up on the television. I go, check this out. I go, hey, babe, I met that guy. Oh, really? She goes, is he pretty cool? I go, yeah, he's cool. He asked me to come out and try out for the team. And she kind of looked at me, well, why ain't you out there? And, you know, because I've always shot against stable body guys. And okay, so yeah. that, you know, that's a mindset I had. It's like, all right, I got to shoot with the guys that have two arms and two legs. Yeah. Well, she looked at me and she goes, you know, you are disabled. Yeah, okay, I see your point. And she slapped me across the head. And <laughs> so it wasn't too long after that, I called up uh, Glenn Harris, who was the national team coach at the time. We chatted, and we got everything worked out, tried to go down to Chula Vista to uh, you know try out for the team so he could see me shoot and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, we get everything set, and got going to fly out of Bakersfield, go down to San Diego, spend a few days you know at the Olympic Training Center, and come on home. Well, I get up that morning, get my stuff packed. Got a buddy coming to pick me up in Tulare and take me to the airport in Bakersfield. And he knocks on the door. He goes, dude, you ain't flying nowhere. I'm like, yo, what do you mean I ain't flying nowhere? He goes, dude, you ain't looked at the, at the TV yet? I go, no, I've been getting ready. We go over and flip the TV on. As the second plane hit the towers. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, you know, and of course me being little redneck country boy well let's go to the airport anyways <laughs> yeah they weren't flying out bakersfield either <laughs> how did yeah how did your 9-11 airport experience go that must have, did they let you back out well they didn't even let us into the airport oh jesus <laughs> so so i called the coach up luckily he was down in uh, at the training center he goes dude all my athletes are stuck who knows where across the you know the nation. He goes, if you can get down here, you can have me and these other coaches to yourselves for a few days. Oh, hell yeah. Well, hell yeah, I'm going down. And hell, I went and rented a truck, threw all my stuff in it, hauled ass down. And the coolest, most sober experience is driving down I-5 through L.A. and everything. No traffic on the highways. I mean, nothing. But every overpass, you have people draping U.S. flags oh, over, wow. 
signs honking if you support the USA, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, when people say, what do you think about, you know, the Olympics or the Paralympics? That's what I think about is everybody coming back together and uh, our nation becoming one again instead of a split yeah. thing like we are now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it, it sucks that it takes such a disaster oh, yeah. like and that, that. That's what I tell everybody. To bring like, everybody together. But, I mean, I I was young, but I, I remember the feeling. And the, it's just we every, – every beef someone had was squashed. Everything just stood still. And exactly. the whole country was on the same team. Yep, exactly. We were all together, yep. you know, and – yeah. God dang! I never, I never knew that was kind of where that started for you. That, what an intense way! Oh, I'm telling you, to to get that desire to go to the Olympics and yep. to be I involved mean, with the team. Yeah, you know, and if my wife wouldn't have said nothing to me, I'd have never done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you you wifed her and you won that year in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's man, that's awesome. So, um, so at what point, um, did, I mean, so I know, like you said, you, that year that you won in Vegas, you just, you put in the work, you got really comfortable, you know, with that target. Uh When, so when did the mental game really have to kick in for you? When did you start seeing those aspects being an issue and kind of having to learn it? Once I became part of the, you know, the para team. Okay. You know, we actually had a coach, and he could give us feedback. You know, he had been in archery for years, so he had his own way of doing things. Right. Um, we got to talk to a sports psychologist, you know, if we're down at Olympic Training Center. You know, just different stuff like that. And then, um, because I was doing so much traveling, I started uh, getting, buying books and reading books. Mm-hmm. You know, because what the hell else are you going to do with an airplane? Yeah. So, you know, I've, and so I, you know, I well, see. Well, at that time, now, now you probably just watch Netflix. On your phone. Now I just lay my head against the, the side of the plane and go to sleep. Yeah. Wake me up when we get there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I read a pile of books, dude. I mean, <clears throat> golf books. Mm-hmm. Um, anything related to archery, of course. Right. You know, just anything sport related where I thought maybe, well, let's see what these guys do. You know, and so I think golf probably has some of the best stuff out there for the mental management. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, everybody learns a little bit different. So, you, you know, find your own, find a niche, you know, what turns you on? What can you, can you sit there and stomach through before you can find something, you know, you want to actually retain and, you know, just get out there and turn some pages or click the button so the page turns for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, that's yeah that's what it is now electric books oh man <laughs> but yeah i've got a stack of books sitting in you know in a closet and i'm like yep i ain't read them a long time yeah but you know if i ever feel i need a, a refresher or something's bugging me maybe you know open them up all right let's see if we got anything in here for a fix right so. yeah i mean i i still have to crack them open all the time and remind myself some of the mental stuff that I kind of forget. And I yeah. mean, I always, um, I, I, I think Lanny Basham's book Lan- was the first one I got yeah. a hold of. And that, you know, I did the same thing. I read his stuff. Yeah. Um, his boy's stuff, read it. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the books on CDs. Yeah. And 
you know, when I'd go on drives, you know, I'd listen to those all the time. But, um, you know, Lanny, he's definitely a guy that's been there, done that. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. an archery, but, you know, he went from being, you know, in the service and not being able to fire a rifle to win nationals. Dude, he knows something. Right. So, yeah, I don't cut him. I mean, anything he says, I'll sit there and listen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, he, it's it's all... 100% correct. I mean, there's way more to it than just yeah, just firing the arrow or just shooting exactly. the bullet or whatever, you know, whatever your game is. And I mean, you know, between Lanny's books, my coaches, you know, visualization, it's huge. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't do it. Yeah. And it's an easy way to practice oh, without having to, you know, have to physically do it. Yeah. So. I, you know, um, that was the first time I really put that into effect. And um, I, not to like sound like I'm bragging on myself or anything like that, mm-hmm. but... Um, oh, we know you are. Keep oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm definitely bragging on myself. I was proud of this moment. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I think it was two years ago... Um, I I had already prepaid. I, I I was ready to go for redding. Okay. Um, started on some of our outlaw stuff and was scoring decent. And then um, we had a change at work, and I was working five twelves. Okay. And I was working sun up to sundown every day, and it's just I didn't, didn't have, have time, time to shoot. Exactly. Um, I had I so. So I the whole three months leading into Vegas or before that I was doing that, mm-hmm. so or into Reading, um, and so I sat there. Um, I was on a compactor at work, and we were doing this big dirt fill, and it's literally you're you if you don't know what it is, you're just like it's like you're crushing dirt and rocks with a tire essentially. Right. So it's just driving forward and backwards. There's nothing intricate to it or anything like that. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to focus too hard while I'm working. So maybe I need to just kind of go through a mental thing for this tournament. Right. So I I sat there every day knowing, you know, that I'm not going to have the time to shoot at home. And I went through the entire tournament in my head. Luckily, I've, go- I've shot it enough times to almost be able to visualize, mm-hmm. like, it was at least over half of the targets. Nice. And and I didn't know necessarily know the distances, but like I could do that whole lower fourteen at Reading in my head. I can do a bunch of the range, and I would just make up a number. And I I I was visualizing the whole process while I was working. You know, okay, I'm at this target, um, this yardage. Set my sight. Um, got my stance. I I go through my whole form. And visualize my sight picture settling in on the orange, and and I would actually try to feel in my back and everything what I feel when my shot breaks. Right. And I, I got so I literally had nothing to do all day. I got so into it, I was letting down in my head. That's like I was <laughs> in my head. I was oh, like, yeah. nope, let that one down. You started thinking exactly. about boobs or something else, man. You gotta <laughs> refocus. <laughs> but um, anyways, I. I, I showed up to the tournament, and it could have been a, a thing of being comfortable, too, with 
not super high expectations. But at that point, I shot my highest score ever there. And um, yeah, but I mean, we always have high expectations. That's just yeah part of being human. Yeah, you know, you want to do great, right? You know, but if you're not going, you know, if you're not going to reach that halfway through the tournament, all right, do I give up or do I keep shooting the hardest I can? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was. It just I got there and I I shot that tournament and it clicked with me and I was like you. You did this already, mm-hmm. and you're just doing it again. Exactly. You're just doing the same thing. You're feeling it all. You're seeing it all. And um, I I was able. I broke into the fifteen twenties and nice. was like, I was like, dude, I. The year before was the first time I broke fifteen hundred, and I was like, I have not shot my bow for three months. I shot for like two hours, over two weeks to sight in to really make sure everything was on. I was like that there's some that visualization is, oh, is huge. huge i mean you know you know i've got basically told to do it probably in 2004 was the first year i'd heard about it mm-hmm. you know the coaches worked with us um but i mean you know sitting there and being able to close your eyes seeing your happy place you know like i'd used to be able i'd close my eyes and shit be the lush green grass you know, a big outdoor Olympic target set up. I got mountains in the background. You know, I could feel the wind blowing, birds singing, you know, everything. I mean, it was like I was watching a damn movie. Yeah. yeah I mean, I got into it super deep. Can I do it now? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I've been there, so I know what it, you know, what it means and, and, and what it is. Right. And then as far as, uh, you know, all right, get into seeing yourself shoot, you know, a tournament situation. All right, you know, give yourself, uh, you know, certain conditions. All right, let's say the wind's blowing this way to that way. Um, maybe you're shooting a little bit down, so you're behind on points. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to make that shot break? Just, you know, you always got to mix it up right. that way because you never know what you're going to find on the shooting line. Right. And so the more you practice for anything, the more comfortable you're going to be under all situations. And, you know, it's big. It, it helps a, a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys, you know, like the using a string bow. You know, sit there working your release, and you got, you know, just a string and a loop. Yeah, that's huge. And you know, I don't know if people that, you know, some of the people that do it, if they actually understand, you know, what it's doing. But I, I'd got into where, when I'd go, even some of the the NFAA tournaments, you know, but mostly overseas because we don't get a lot of practice time when we shoot internationally so i'd have a mouth tab set up on a loop and i'd come into full draw feel all my muscles engage and boom make the shot happen and i could shoot that 100 200 300 arrows in my hotel room if i had to and but i knew when i got down on the field okay i did some visualization while i was up there i actually had the muscles working so when i get up on the shooting line it's like I've had the practice that I actually needed. Right. And I, you know, real, real, realistically, I didn't. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's, it's a great way to replicate it, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, and um, if anything, that's something I should have thought of with that process, too. I could have gone home and spent 15, 20 minutes at least a night doing that before I went to bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell, you could have been driving that compact. I could have been doing it in there, yeah. (laughs) 
It's not like it's going too fast. <laughs> no, 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 man. Big old steel wheels on that thing. It, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was such a weird moment for me because it, it just, it. after all this time, it changed my whole idea of the mental game right. of this sport. Exactly. And, it, you know, I, I thought about mental games so much for so long and then kind of left the visualization on the side. Right. I think I used to convince myself that I visualized every shot before I took it. Okay. And I, I think I used to say that I did that, but I but, wasn't. But now you're or, doing it. Yeah, I would do it my first arrow, and it would yep. be smoke. And then the second one, I would just go. And exactly. What happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, you only did it once. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing, being on the shooting line and, you know, before you pull your arrow or when you knock your arrow on the string, you know, get, get that little TV going in your mind. Mm-hmm. So yourself make that perfect shot and then do it. Yeah. So then, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they're out on the shooting line too, you know, all right, what do we do in between shots? I mean, used to, I'd be like, I just looked at my next arrow and I was getting ready to shoot it. Well, now it's okay. How am I feeling? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to speed myself up? Um, you know, I usually try to, to find a focal point to try to take myself out of archery for a few seconds. Okay. That way, when I come back into it, I'm, you know, kind of elevated my, um, what'd you call it? My focus. Right. So, you know, and it, and it could be, you know, maybe looking down range a little bit if we're shooting in the hall. All right, let's look at one of the squares or something on the floor. And that's what we're always looking at. Maybe let's count how many tips there are on that. Look up in the ceiling. All right. How, how many things can I count on the ceiling? Um, I've been shooting in uh, stadiums. I, I'll count the flagpoles on coming, you know, across the top of the stadium. But, oh wow! Yeah, and it's just so I I get away from what I'm doing. That way, when I come back and get ready to to get back to work, my focus is up, and I know I this can be the best shot I can make. Right. So I'm not sitting there thinking about okay, I got to shoot it in yellow, shoot it in yellow, shoot it in yellow, then knock an arrow and and shoot. You know, you got to totally forget about what you're doing for a second. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. You know, it's in outdoors, it's the easiest to do, you know, writing and stuff like that. You know, shooting a field course because we're sitting there jibber jabbering between yeah, targets, you know. That's definitely. We're not sitting on a target on a shooting line <laughs> shooting, you know, six consecutive arrows or whatever. Yeah, and know? everyone's all intense. Exactly. And, yeah. That. That's something that's I think I think everybody sees that, but yeah, it's. I always felt like outdoors too. You get something in the back of your mind where it's so much easier to let go of the mistakes outdoors and be yeah. like, you know what, a million things can go wrong for my competition. I don't have to worry about this right now. Exactly. And you can just keep rolling with but it. But you screw up one little thing in Vegas, and you're just crumbling. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. Now, and I think, though, that lucky dog thing that they started is even worse because it... Oh, yeah. Because then you're like, oh, no, now I only have one more miss. (laughs) (laughs) Or I only have one miss. And now if I miss this next one, now I'm done. (laughs) I'd be thinking, oh, so I I blew a shot, so I get to shoot now, huh? Oh, thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) The... (laughs) The, the 
my favorite, um, not advice, but info from someone this year talking about, we were kind of talking about the, the whole situation, um, kind of in Vegas with, uh, Bobby Eiler and that right, whole deal yeah. happening and talking to someone else, um, who, who I know who smokes. I'm like, well, what if it was you? What if you were getting into that shoot off? Cause everyone's giving him this hate online. Like he should have just stepped up and said something right away. Like, would you have just called yourself out or what? He goes, no, you know what I would have done? I would have got when it was the top four or whatever, because I think they only test top three. He goes, when it was just four of us left on the line, I would have just drawn back, shot that son of a bitch right in the stands <laughs> above the targets, and then just look at my release like, what the hell? <laughs> and walk home with that fourth place check. <laughs> yep, and walk home with that with my fourth place check and my little bit of contingency smoking a joint. <laughs> like, <Hey>. oh, yikes. <laughs> you know, the sad part about that whole thing is, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know about the doping and stuff like that. There is, you know, you know, and, um, and so I think that's where the NFAA, you know, they should find a way to educate everybody. You know, yeah. if you're going to shoot that tournament, I'd sent, uh, oh hell, Chuck Cooley. Yeah. I sent Chuck Cooley a message. I say, Hey, you know, it's a bad thing. This happened. What can the NFAA do, you know, to help our shooters out so we don't get more of this happening? And he's like, yeah, you know, you know, maybe send out a video. Once you register, you know, a video or a link for a video gets sent so you can watch it and educate yourself. Doubt. You know, and that way if someone great. comes up to the tournament, if they receive that link and didn't look at it, too bad. You had the opportunity, you know? Yeah. And um, I, you know, I, yeah, I have more to say on that, actually. Let me start this next section or okay. this next segment right here real quick. So it doesn't stop. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I I look back on a lot of what was said about him and his situation, and and putting decide to the side whether or not he was doing it on purpose, which I really don't think he was. But who's gonna do it on purpose? I though? I mean, okay. Well, one you look at the the, the scenario I look at is like. Um, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit considering you just had shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, he had shoulder surgery back in 2010, which took him out of archery. Okay. Um, I can see right off the bat, I could see him using weed to not get addicted to pain pills. Yeah, I mean... You know? And, you know... Uh, with archery, it's okay. If you're out of competition, it's like me. When I'm out of competition, um, I'm, I'm still, you know, I can get tested any time. Yeah. Like, I get a phone call, they show up at my house, whatever. I got a pee in a cup. And is that the, that's the same organization you saw to? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then um, with you saw to, if you're, uh, if you're out of competition, you can have it in your body. But when you're in competition, you can't have it in your your body zero zero there's no right. limit. okay and so i always thought it was you know one of them drugs that you could never have all right but it wasn't until i think it was before my shoulder surgery 
um, I read it somewhere. I was like, holy cow. I was teasing my wife. I go, look at this. I could have been smoking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't, but it is still a good joke. How Well, how does that even work for archery? Because it's not like... I'm guessing because it's... It, uh, slows you down a little bit well no no but i mean like um saying you can use it out of tournament but you just said like they'll test they'll call you and right. say you got to take a test well see what, okay. out of tournament might only be two weeks sometimes yeah right? but i mean if it let's say you know or it's only for um, organization they, no it's uh like with me um because i've been on the elite cr- staff with USA Archery for the para team. Right. I've I've been on, you know, uh being P tested for I couldn't tell you how many years now. Okay. And yeah. so to me it's just it's an everyday thing. See, but I if I get a call, oh, okay, let's do it. Yeah, I and that's interesting cuz I thought um I thought it didn't actually start until these last few years in Vegas. Uh, in Vegas, I'm pretty sure it hadn't. Been. But I mean, like in archery in general, yeah. I didn't realize that. that yeah, no, on the started, that it was in other places. For, so like far. world archery and stuff, it's uh-huh. been in effect for years. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and you know, with his situation, I just think it again, it does. It comes down to the written rules, and it is what it is. Um, and he, he he broke the rules in the end, but, um. Like you were saying, I I would definitely, and I think it's going to happen now, but yeah, I would love to see um, a lot more talk about it right. leading in. Oh, or, Especially you know, let the pros talk. You know, the pros are going to be the ones that kind of educate everybody else. Yeah. You know, let them, you know, I think they it's a perfect opportunity for them. You know, everybody's looking up to them. Hey, educate. You know, yeah. Don't just... You know, be sitting up there on top and, oh, I like this guy because he shoots a bow. No, I like this guy because he's a great shooter. He cares about everybody in archery because mm-hmm. he did this, you know, talking about drug testing. Yeah. It's just another another avenue for for the pros to do, you know, do some good for the, the whole bit of the business. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it. it I, I think the two-year suspension thing kind of bums me out. I think that's a little... A little harsh on that. Um, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. That's yeah. That's the way you got to look at it. Right. And it, looking um, looking back at uh, or what you were saying, too, about really spreading the word a little better now, mm-hmm. um, when I read over everything, like the whole hearing and, or trial or whatever it was with him, um, there was a lot of talk about everybody signing the paper that says you're going to get drug tested. And I, I honestly don't even remember that. Right. Like Especially, they said, right at registration, you signed it. And I'm like, I, did I? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Well. But, you know, at the same time, that's one of the things where, you know, that's the fine print. Yeah. And how many of us read the fine print? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, exactly. you know, for that, I mean... If you hadn't heard anything about the drug testing or anything, you wouldn't think there'd be anything like that on that consent form. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, at the same time, you could say, all right, he got set up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of did too. Cause even I see all the hate talking about the beta blockers too. Right. Which, I mean, we got some top pros that use them. 
Yeah, and it's and so you know, beta blockers. If uh, you know, if you need it to survive, the doctors can write out and put in so you got clearance to use them. Yeah. So, and I, from what I read, there was issue with still like the one he was using. They they can tell him different ones he can use, which doesn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, but, but I mean, at, at that when you start saying that there's different ones he can use. Yeah. That's not for anybody but his doctor to say. That's yeah, that that so was my issue with when, that. You know, if someone's coming out saying that, all right, are you a licensed doctor? Have, do you know what his charts look like? Uh, yeah. You know, let's kinda keep that stuff on the down low. That don't need to be going around. If that's your opinion, cool. Right. But keep it to yourself. Yeah. It's it's weird too, cause um it, it's so easy for everyone to say, Oh, beta blockers, he was definitely cheating. Right. And what's funny (laughs) is it's, you know, it's a a prescription for migraines, according to him. Right. Which um, my my wife uses not the same exact one, Mm -hmm. but it is a beta blocker that that she was prescribed when she was like 12 years old for migraines because she still has. And she's been on to a day of that. Right unfortunately since she was 12 years old and i'll just call call her out right now (laughs) because the first year she went to vegas with me and she actually shot she placed in the the bottom of the flights division or she got like third to last or last flight she got like first place so um so so, (laughs) (laughs) well she won money so and she wasn't tested, so I probably owe the NFAA like 110 bucks now. Yeah, whatever. Since <laughs> she cheated with those beta blockers. I've got a teammate, um, Chuck Lear, out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck was in Vietnam in the Army. Or actually, sorry. Oh, he didn't kick my ass for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Marine. Or okay. He is a Marine. And his story was they got pinned down. You know, crossfire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically had to call an art- artillery strike upon their location. And he said the biggest joke was everybody in the platoon was like, Chuck, when you catch that artillery shell, don't spike it. He spiked it and it went off. So he's bas- he looks uh, just like me. He's, you know, missing oh, an wow. arm and a leg, but it's his left side. Okay. So, you know, we're a mirror image. <laughs> but, you know, Chuck was older. Um, he was on beta blockers. So when we first started cheating with the para stuff, um, I can't remember if it was in uh, Pennsylvania or where we got tested, but because at that time he was on, or he still is, that, that time they P-tested him, and he popped hot for beta blockers, he got, you know, he had to go through everything. Yeah. And, you know, it was, um, you know, he had to have them to, you know, for a daily life. Right. But, you know. We didn't really know back then all the rules and everything, what you can and can't do. So, I mean, that was a learning step for all of us. Yeah. You know, it was just a bad deal that Chuck got the the blunt of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he said, hey, I didn't know. You know, yeah, I am taking them and, you know, whatever the sanctions are, I'll deal with it. Yeah. And, and he did. And so after that, it was like, all right, every medication he is on or going to take, he made sure the doc sent the notes in and, you know, make sure everything was legal yeah. that that he was on. Yeah, and that's, I think, I think that should be the big takeaway from this is they, 
um, there should just be more said about and, and explained to everybody ahead of time Definitely. about the TUE deal oh, yeah. and um, and you know what what you can and can't have exactly you know uh, ahead of time and um, because it is this is a, a pretty new thing for Vegas right. And that's the thing. Vegas is the one everybody goes to no matter what. So it makes sense that you know all the rules for everything you've been going to. Right. Because you were probably explained pretty thoroughly. Dude, I've sat through so many USADA meetings over the years. It's disgusting. Oh. I mean, I, I finally learned to get them, them glasses. It looks like the eyes are open, so I go to sleep. <laughs> Googly eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look at your eyes. What drugs is that guy on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but... It, you know, that's the whole thing, too. You know, make sure whatever you're going to take, make sure it's, you know, it's can be cleared for in competition. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys might look and see it out of competition and not think to reference over. But, you know, got to make yeah. sure. Got to check and double check. Definitely. And it's, a, it's kind of a weird time right now because I think we're, uh, like, as far as the weed goes, I think we're on in route for it to become legal federally. I, not honestly, too long. I mean, honestly, I, I think you're right. And so, I mean, at some point, it's gonna have to change in sports. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, if Klinga can have its first distillery open this week, yeah, that's right. Huh? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, um, my lovely wife went out to the one in Woodlake yesterday. <laughs> Don't worry, she doesn't compete in archery anymore. So. <laughs> But it's for migraines. <laughs> it's yeah, for migraines and sleeping, even though she still doesn't sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we got we got someone around where we live that smokes and so, you know, certain times of the day and you're like, What the hell is that skunk at? And my wife was she is always complaining about it. Man, you smell that? That damn skunk. <laughs> Finally, I had to break it to her. Hey, babe, someone's smoking some weed somewhere. What? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the neighbors or something. Right? <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think, I guess for that whole situation, I just think because with the beta blocker deal, we just definitely need more information ahead yes. of time. and. That's it. I mean, you know, um, if if they had been cool and just went to like the Nevada State Doping Agency, yeah, you know, because look how many UFC, the MMA fighters that popped hot when they went to basically to Yasada, yeah, you know, oh yeah, and Bobby got a longer suspension than John Jones got, yeah, on his last fight <laughs> when he made millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, but damn. <laughs> um. Okay, well, yeah. Anyways, we can move past that. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, can you tell me a little more about, um, like, your first couple of Paralympic experiences, or, well, your Olympic experiences? I mean... Paralympic. Paralympic. Yeah. Because you got the Olympics first and the Paralympics are right there, right after. Okay. So once... I thought the Paralympics were first. No. Oh, okay. No, you got the Olympics. Once everybody moves out of the, the Olympic Village and everything, then they bring the Paralympians in. Oh, okay. Yep. So we follow, you know, we've, uh, we use the same housing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, not, a, not necessarily always the same field of play, mm-hmm. but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Athens was my first one. Um, I had won, well, 
in 2003, I went to my first world championships in Spain. You know, I'm just going to a tournament, you know, international mm-hmm. tournament. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, wanted, you know, go in, shoot my game, have a good time. Um, but when it was all said and done, I won, won the, my division. I'm like, holy shit, I just won worlds. Wow. And so. What does that feel like? Dude, it was pretty incredible, man. Yeah. You know, to be the new kid on the block. And I remember sitting in the bar listening to all these guys talking from different countries. And, um, you know, one guy's, oh, I've got, you know, uh, Audi or something. You know, some fancy-ass car manufacturer. He's got them for a sponsor. You know, back then, they was like, all right, I got Zeiss binoculars, Zeiss spot and scope. I got my Kmart special. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, these guys are just talking it up, everything they got. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And, you know, we got down on the field to play, and I was like, well, that shit ain't helping you shoot any better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy on the world level how much bigger of a sport archery is in oh, other dude, countries. It's crazy. I mean, you've got countries that have archery teams like we have bowling and softball teams. Insane. You know, it's it's everybody does it. You know, you got businesses that have archery teams and they always competing against a different business in town. It's wow. You know. Um but it's you know, it's all just target archery. Yeah. You know, you look at the hunting aspect of it, it's, you know, USA for sure is the biggest piece of it. So, but anyways, we get, you know, get done with World Championships in Madrid, won it, sweet. Go into uh, Athens 2004, you know, everybody's, oh, Fabry's going to go win gold. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to go shoot and have a good time. Um, Put up a pretty good uh, qualifier go into eliminations and as John Cavanaugh from uh from Britain get up against him in semifinals I think but um we get down to it we tie and I said all right John go ahead and shoot first he shoots I think he spanked an eight or something and I'm like thanks John (laughs) and I shoot and I don't know what the hell I did I still don't know what the hell I did it went way out I was like, are you freaking, I I mean, when that shot left, I thought it was perfect. I mean, I knew it was in the X. Oh, and I man. looked back at my coach, I go, that was a good one. He goes, uh-uh. I was like, oh. what? Looking in the spot and scope and look down there, I'm like, what the heck did I do? <laughs> That's that feeling when someone's calling for you and oh, yeah. they go, ooh, and you're like, I'm going to slap you right. What are you talking about, ooh? Yeah. That was right in the middle, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. So, all right, so, you know, that put me in just straight into the bronze match, you know. Okay. And there's no downtime. It was out of that match. Bronze match is right next. I get up there, spank it out, and I win my bronze medal. All right, cool. You know, little little butt hurt, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just the way life is. So, um, 2008, we go to Beijing. Favored again. You know, everything went pretty good. Get to semifinals again up against uh, John Cavanaugh from Great Britain. And I'm sitting there going, that's some deja vu stuff going on here. And same thing. Uh, we end up tying. He beats me in a one-arrow shoot-off. And I'm just like, what the hell, man? I shoot better than this. <laughs> so I go directly over to the bronze match, wins me a bronze medal. All right, whatever. So now we're training, and we get 
2012, we go to, uh, to London. So, and at, ahead of time, the whole time, you know, I'm thinking, man, if I get up against Kavanaugh, I'm on his home court, I gotta put him down. Mm-hmm. And go through the uh, quals, put decent quals up, starter eliminations, and I meet up against John, and I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, if he puts me out this time, I ain't even got a chance at a medal. I'm just going straight home. And I don't mm. want to do that. So we got up there. And I go, hey, John, how you doing? He goes, all right, doing good, Jeff. I go, you ready? He goes, yep, all right, let's get it. And I ended up winning that match. So I felt pretty good to send his ass packing on his home court. <laughs> <laughs> it had to, man, yeah. Oh, man. That was three years in the, or, well, a lot more than three years. Yeah, you know, basically 12 years. Yeah, in the making. Yeah. So, you know, I got got through him. Um, I'm going up against, uh, oh, what the heck was his name? A guy from Canada, uh, Robert Murphy. And we shoot three arrows. Can't remember if it was on the first set or the second set, but his mm-hmm. last arrow... I shot and it was a 10, but I dropped my bow, hits the ground, bounces up, I grab it. The strings were derailed. I'm like, oh, dude, dude I can't do nothing <laughs> with this one. And usually I take my bow to the, you know, to have out on the shooting line just in case something like that happens. But I'm like, you know what? I'm run, running out there real quick. I'm going to shoot 12 arrows and I'm going to come back to the 10. What's going to happen in, in 12 arrows? A freaking lot can happen. It's going to explode <laughs> in 12 arrows. Yeah. Jesus. So I tell my coach, hey, my bow's done. Um, we call the uh, line judge over. She goes, tell you what, if you can go back to the tent, get your backup bow, get back out here before your opponent has shot them, you know, what's necessary to win, you can compete, keep competing. All right, cool. So, you know, the race is on. Get my bow put together. Didn't even shoot it, you know. It's like, all right, I get back up on the shooting line. So I get in there and I think it only had one end went through. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, so you had to keep shooting an, an entire end down. Yeah, I, I missed a, a complete end, and so oh. I get in, and, and we're shooting sets. So it was uh, two points if you win. Um, if you tie, it's no nothing. Or if two points, you if you win your your set, and. I think if it's a tie, it's a wash. No, you each get one on a tie. Oh, okay. So it's not like losing it, 10 points. Yeah, in no, no. Turn. It's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what saved me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I get on the line, I shoot my first arrow, and I'm a high eight. All right. Center, you know, center shot's looking good. Buzz my side a little bit. Shoot a low nine. All right. Buzz it down a little bit and smoke a 10. I look back at my coach. I go, I'm winning this one. And when it got said and done, yeah, I walked out the winner of that. And so that pushed me over to the gold medal match and shot against um, David from the Czech Republic for the gold. And, you know, well, it happened when I got done with that uh, match where my bow broke. I went back to the tent and I'm looking at my broke bow sitting there. So I call some of the uh, helpers that are standing around. Hey, come here. I want to put my bow back together. So I get it strung back up, get out on the practice button. I'm shooting a few arrows. I'm like, damn, so much feels better than it did when I was out on the on the line. So we take both my bows up 
And before I get into the stadium, I, I grabbed the one that it broke. So I'm rolling in there with, with this bow. Everybody saw it come apart. And my teammates are in the stands. They're like, dude, what's that? I go, relax, relax. I got it. And yeah, that bow shot great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of them things, man. God Sometimes, damn. you know, it's better lucky than good. <laughs> I guess so, man. My God. I mean, and after that happening, shoot. I mean, that was more pressure than I could have ever dreamed of. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. On that situation. It was crazy, man. How many times did you run that one through your head before the tournament? Yeah, none. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, man. (laughs) I just knew, all right, you get back in there, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. Do your, shoot your shot. Don't try nothing stupid. Just do what you know how to do. Yeah. And it it worked out for me. Man, I bet you have a second bow 10 feet away from you at all times now. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a way to pull through on that. That's awesome. What did, like, even even your first time there when you meddled, Mm -hmm. I mean, did you kind of go back to that feeling of when you kind of started on 9-11, heading to the training center, and you hear the national anthem and all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime I I'm on the field and I hear an anthem played, dude, it's I mean, it damn near make you cry. Yeah, that's got I mean that's so, heavy, man. It is. It's cool. I'm uh I I maybe you you can relate to this, I don't know, but I've I think that when you have a daughter, it sucks all the testosterone out of your body. It, <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah. So I start seeing stuff making me tear up now that is just drives me nuts. For day, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of like, you know, having the daughter first, I look back and I'm like, you know what? I'm a better man because of that. Yeah. You know, because if I had a boy first, I'm like, hey, come here. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can't do that with a daughter. <laughs> I well, know. That's that's what happened with me, man. <laughs> I was, my dad was tough on me and then I, yeah, I had... <laughs> Oh, you want to cry? I'll give you a reason. To exactly, cry. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and worked for him. I got fired every day. And oh man. Started back up tomorrow and <laughs> but yeah, it's those damn now now I'll see the the Facebook videos of veterans coming home and I'm just like, oh god damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like I sure. can't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um Dang. so so something else I'm really interested in with um, kind of what you've done throughout your career in archery, you, you've you gotten to a level of shooting where I'm assuming you could just continue going from tournament to tournament like all the pros do and just shoot and support companies. Yeah. But you got really heavily involved as a coach, and I think um, – I. Like, I think you're probably one of the busiest guys in archery. I mean, you've got coaching stuff going on almost every day. You've, I, how did, uh, what, what kind of, I mean, maybe it's just a dumb question. Maybe it was just a simple thing for you to want to start coaching, but how did that kind of come about? You know, it was, you know, hanging out the shops and stuff, even when I was just, you know, shooting full time, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got guys there they don't know what's happening right and there ain't no one 
really around to you know to give them the time that they need yeah you know so if i see something i'll give them little tips here and there you know that's kind of what started it and seeing the gratification on their faces and you know hey you know i did some good today yeah you know um that's pretty much what started it um being with u.s paralympics and you know with usa archery um they used to have clinics um down in Chula Vista where they'd bring some vets out and mm-hmm. they'd have different Paralympic sports during the week they could, you know, try their hand at. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of where everything really got kicked off for me. Um, my coach asked me, hey, you want to come out and do a clinic? Yeah, hell yeah, sounds like fun. You know, so I'm getting these guys that, you know, who knows what's wrong with them, you know. Yeah, guys don't have no legs, you know, maybe – you know, took a blast in the head so they're not, you know, can't think straight or whatever, you know. And the way I look at it, you know, they signed up, they signed up, put their name on the line mm-hmm. to go and, you know, be part of our, our military. Yeah. They didn't ask to come home like that. Right. So, you know, for me to see what they've gone through and hear the stories and everything, I mean, I'm just grateful as hell, that, you know that they're back alive and you know they did something that was you know it wasn't a selfish act right they gave up you know everybody at home joined the military and you know things happened where they got called to the battle well you know they're out there doing their job yeah so, you know that way me and you could sit here today and have this conversation exactly basically. yeah so you know um and, you know, back then there wasn't a whole lot of doors opening up for these guys. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I can show them what I like to do. Right. And, you know, most of them are, you know, country boys. So, you know, they've hunted or done, you know, some type of shooting at one time. Not every one of them shot a bow, but you put that bow in their hand and they're sitting there on the shooting line listening to me talk. You know, it's time for them to shoot that first arrow. And you can look at them. They're just like, this is going to suck. Take me back to my room. And they shoot two arrows, and they're just smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got the archery bug, didn't you? Welcome to the sport. And so, <laughs> you know, just to see their facial expression change. Yeah. And to know, you know, when when they leave, you know, they've had a great time for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them went home, bought their own equipment or whatever. But, you know, those that didn't, maybe they went home and said, you know what? That guy taught me how to shoot a bow, and I had a blast at it. These guys over here want me to come out and try this. Let's go do it. Let's see what, what that is. So, yeah. you know, if I opened a door for them, that's great. You know, just to, to let them have a life again. Right. And I mean, that, it, it, with people going through that at all different ages, I oh, mean, for that's, sure. that's such a different experience for every single person. I mean, right. Um, when, you became the way you are, you know, after this happening to you at a young age Mm -hmm. and you got, you know, really ambitious and wanted to keep going, wanted to do everything your friends are doing. That might translate way different for someone who would happen to at 25. Right. And yeah, I can, I I see what you mean. I mean, yeah, it's got to be great to see that person go from being the person who goes out onto the field 
looking uninterested, looking mm-hmm. like, this is going to be another thing. People kissing my ass exactly. and people telling me it's going to be fun and to mm-hmm. actually see them have fun and oh, yeah. get something back. That's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, I get to see that. Um, I've had guys that I've worked with for a little bit longer, maybe, you know, like with a Navy program when I, back in the day when I was coaching it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've received emails from vet saying hey dude you saved me i was ready to check out god dang so you know when you get that letter i got i mean i just got chills just thinking about it right now oh yeah i did too man (laughs) that's you know that hit you yeah you know and so it that shows what the good you know the sport of archery can do for somebody right you know it's not you know i just showed them what to do with that them shooting the bow and physically doing it, that's what made them have a good time. I didn't. I just told them how to do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... I, I kind of understand the feeling, too, and where I, where you would want to just keep going with it and just... It's something bigger than you that you want to keep doing. Exactly. I mean, for me, I... Um, I, I kind of changed... I, I can change completely as a person uh, after after my dad passed away. Right. Um, and I think one of the biggest moments for me was at the memorial we did for him. Um, you know, we had like 300 and some people there and gave people the opportunity to just start talking. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't dawn on me the way he was until... <laughs> That many people stood up and had a story about how great he was when he coached um, He coached my kid in Little League and nobody gave my kid the time of day and Don chose him for the team over everyone else to work on him and get his confidence up and um, you know, oh, he he met me one day and um, at the archery shop and saw me struggling and and the next thing I knew I was at his house shooting bows and he uh-huh. got us all straightened out and was like, oh, okay, that's what this is all about. Exactly. It's it's yeah. you know winning tournaments is awesome, but man, seeing how you help others. Yeah. Or you're not even say so much help others how. Others can see what you're doing, and they take it in, and they can yeah. try it. Yeah, you know, it's not even it's not even getting praise from people. It's it's seeing the enjoyment that people have. Exactly. Even That's from whatever it is, from archery, from you know, it made me. It's like oh, it gave me a standard. Like yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, um, if my buddy needs help with something, I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask for money. I'm not gonna, right. you know. I'm just gonna do it and get it done, and oh, yeah. you know. Well, that's like your dad put that transmission in my trooper for me. Yeah, you know, and he <laughs> didn't take a dime from me, but I got to thinking, you know, how many hours I got spent on the phone giving the archery advice. I think we're even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure, and he would have thought that way too. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> little did you know, he had my ass underneath that thing helping him the whole time. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he put me to work on that. I remember that. <laughs> how funny. Yeah, um, and now my daughter's driving that damn thing. <laughs> I saw that. I saw the picture. She painted it and everything. Yeah. Huh? That's cool. That's a that's a cool ride. It's a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 
I can't say we didn't tear it through the mud after we got it running. Well, I wasn't expecting. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) That was... That was out here when I first learned to drive. He bought a the little Suzuki Samurai we had out here. And, nice. And my buddies all came over. We were all like 12. And he's like, you guys want to learn how to drive? Here you go. And we took <laughs> off. We were going through the vineyards, man. I had, I mean, we we could have killed each other. We had, Every time we were switching seats, we would take off. Someone was running behind it. And then when they got just close enough, we'd slam on the brakes. <laughs> We ran that thing till the tires went flat on it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, not not to tell all my wonderful stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, it, for you now, the, the coaching thing has, um, you've really gotten into every aspect of it. I mean, you're, you're, you have a, a, a few youth programs going right now. Yeah, I've got, right? you know. Some kids shooting, um, still got some stuff with, you know, some vets. And, you know, if I got someone, you know, that wants to get in on the para side, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of vets, you know, well, not vets, but para athletes that I coach still. Okay. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, it's been great because I've been able to see shooters start at the very bottom and get all the way up to international play. Yeah. And so, you know, it, and I don't think it's anything I've done. I'm just sitting there and, and I'm enjoying watching these these guys have fun or right. ladies. So you know that's what what it's all about. Yeah. And when they get you know to the the top, it's like, how come you still suck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, I give them a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was my favorite part about your coaching. <laughs> <laughs> When you'd help me out with something, and man, you would you would call it like you see it, man. Yeah. And you suck ass today, Cody. <laughs> Better go get back in bed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, just to see your your students do good, you know. Yeah. To see the smiles on their faces when they have a good tournament, I mean, right. that's that's awesome. You know, and it's just like your own kid when you go watch them play in little league or whatever else. Mm-hmm. You know. When when they're your student, you think they're they're, they're your own. Yeah. So, and I, you know, that takes me to something I I watched lately with uh, one of your students, and we don't have to say who it is. Um, but I was at a tournament with her recently when, kind of everything with Target Panic hit her for the first time. Right. And. And it, it, I felt, I, I saw the frustration. I saw I, everything that I remember going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, when I went through it, I, I still had a hunting bow in my hand, but I was competing with it. I got, I got myself all, you know, when I got into tournaments, I got myself all amped up because I was shooting Freestyle Limited. Right. And I was competing against nobody. Right. And winning everything. And I thought, I'm one of the greatest archers in the world right now, man. I'm kicking everybody's ass. All two people that I shot against. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, I mean, going through all of that, um, I guess once I got the release in my hand, I saw so many of the same things that I remember to the point where it was a, with her a shot getting fired. 
before she was even looking through the peep. Right. Like just so much nerves and everything crashed mm-hmm. down. And I came in uh the other day and saw you working with her and um what what was kind of cuz I think a lot of people go through this. Right. And maybe it's not that bad as bad with everybody, but everybody gets some form and I think the solution is kind of similar in all cases. So if you can kind of explain in that situation, like, I mean, for her, it what was, you got her doing, you know, she could see the target and she could get everything set up. But as soon as that thumb was close to the trigger, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just punt, just going. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, get off your, get off the trigger. Don't worry about the trigger. I want you to, you know, draw back, try to sit in the middle, let down, draw back, sit in the middle, let down and just, you know, do that and do that and do that. Every once in a while, if you want to shoot one, cool, but don't get wrapped up on firing that arrow. Yeah. Get your, your mind where you can look down there and nothing else matters. Yeah. You know, cause I'm not worried about my, my uh, thumb wrapping on the, the trigger. I'm just, I'm setting up into my shot. My focus is middle of the middle of the middle. Mm-hmm. All right. Hold it as long as you can. Let down. That way, when she, if you know, if you do it enough, when it, when that time does come to where you need to shoot a, an arrow for score, boom, your sight stayed where you wanted it. The shot right. just went off. You're like, oh hell, it's in the middle. Yeah. You know, and that will that'll cure majority of the people that you know get some type of panic. Right. Um. You know. And some of it could be just, you know, maybe they've got too much weight on their stabilizers. Maybe the draw weights, their holding weights too much. You know, there's other little things you can play with to change the feeling of a bow and it'll disappear. Yeah. So. It's, it. The biggest thing is, you know, you want to ask that student, okay, are you comfortable? Mm-hmm. And if they say, you know, coming to full draw, they're uncomfortable. All right. Your bow feels okay? Yeah. Okay, then let's let's try to take the release out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean with I it's definitely a little bit different with every person for sure. Um but I think what I see the most I and what I like about when I whenever there is a a kid who I help with that scenario. Mm-hmm. The kids are the ones who are always willing to start over from scratch. You know, and give up some tournament time to right. to start over, especially if they if they've ever won a few. Usually, you'll get so addicted, or you want to keep going in this. Right. It's a lot of adults. Will oh, be like adults are the hardest to train. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just well, well. Let me take that back. Adult men are the hardest <laughs> to train. Very true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I mean, kids. You can mold a kid do whatever you want. Yep. A girl, a woman. They're so in tune to what their body is, muscles and everything, mm-hmm. and they know how to listen. Right. We can't listen. We don't know how to listen. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm just, uh, shoot arrow, boom. You yeah. Know? It's, that's the way we are. Dude, that starts with the kids, too. The what Helping a little boy, you know, learn to shoot for the first time. If I'm down in the shop and mm-hmm. I give a hand, it's, it's, oh, no, I know what to do. I saw it on TV and exactly. just grab, pinch in the arrow and it yep. falls off. Little girl will just look at you and say, three fingers underneath, just draw it like this. And the first time they'll just do it perfect form. Oh, yeah. Right? And just 
just smoked the center out. Yeah. Just like, all right, I'm done. I think fifteen years. (laughs) For if I ever wanted to have an archery prodigy, the best thing I did was having a little girl. I think. Yeah. Oh shoot, my daughter when she was little, I may remember seven, eight years old, shooting indoors tournament in Tulare. Mm-hmm. And there was an adult around that had form that looked as good as she did at full draw. Yeah. And just, you know, I, I'll go back and see a picture of it every now and again. I'm like, damn, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's 16 and now, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's other things. Yeah. She's worried about, like, driving your expensive truck everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. And you're awesome. That, that's always a fun feeling, huh? Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Now I understand why my dad wanted me to drive nothing but ranch trucks. And <laughs> like I said the other day, Until he would have sent me in the tractor to school if he could have. <laughs> that would have been fun, though. <laughs> it would have. I would have gladly done it. <laughs> oh, you mean I can park up on the grass with this? Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, with um, with adult men, mostly, mm-hmm. um, it seems like whenever I've had someone just like, hey, Cody, man, I'm I'm having a little bit of target panic issue with this and that. And and I always tend to recommend the same thing, and um, which I, I wouldn't interfere with someone if they were in one of your classes. I'd be like, you need to talk to him because he'll straighten you out. But um, it, it's always like, well, when it comes to the part where you kind of got to strip back down to bare bones basic and... If your issue right now is just hammering a trigger, well, try this out. Try this tension release. Try right. this evolution and learn how to shoot it first. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I. And then and then a month later, they'll be in there with a button or a hinge again, yeah. smashing them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what happened? Oh, no, I learned it. I, I can blank bail with that thing really good in my garage now. I can well, get it to fire every time. Let me take a video and show you what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you can blank bail with that that evolution release. Can can you shoot it in the middle with right. that release right now? Because that's kind of the next step exactly. after that. Um, <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's hard to convince people to spend the time to kind of start over when they right. hit that point. Oh, for sure. But, I mean... You know, that'll tell you what type of shooter they are. You yeah. Know, are they the one that wants to, to get better? Or are they just the ones, you know, they they enjoy shooting at the shop and they're just going to shoot how they shoot? Yeah. You know, you and you know, there's guys like that that for years you've told the exact same thing to. Yeah. You know, oh, do this. And they'll do it for a little bit and then they revert. And it's like, you kind of watch them for a while and then they come up to you. Hey, you know, watch me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like... Okay, so for the 16th time, you are... <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but don't worry. He's never going to quit. Exactly. <laughs> He'll stay in archery forever. That ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that it, it's what bums me out a little bit is that if if they don't go to bare bones and learn it, but they're still having fun and they want to keep shooting, I'm, I love it. Right. I just, I don't want people to quit the sport. Oh, I no. want, because you have so much fun out there. But it's it's hard, too, when half of the year is indoor, which frustrates the hell out of a lot of people. And that's, and that's you know, the thing. Oh, I don't shoot indoors. I'm not an indoor shooter. Yeah. It's like, excuse me? <laughs> what do you mean you're not an indoor shooter? Because you don't want to shoot, you don't have fat arrows to shoot, so you're not an indoor shooter? I go, what's your explanation here? Yeah. Well, I don't like shooting indoors. 
Well, think about this, buddy. If you go out on the line, shoot a 60-yard shot into an orange dot, what's the difference in your form there or on the 20-yard line indoors? Right. A little nothing? Okay, so what's that tell you? All right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess I am. Yeah, I and mean... it's like, you, you know, don't say you're indoor. You're not an indoor shooter. Say, I hate shooting indoors. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, be yeah. honest here. Just, Come on. yeah, tell the truth. <laughs> And that's that's the crazy thing too now with um with the tournaments out there like your your outdoor season is is quite a bit different than my outdoor season is yeah definitely. you know I mean and I'm shooting tournaments that that for you wouldn't be much of a point because there's a lot more beneficial tournaments for you to be shooting exactly and you know and and that's why over the years you know I've slowed down you know I'm not seeing a lot of stuff around here. Is because I got other ones I have to focus on. Right. You know, I miss the hell out of going up to Wood Lake Fresno yeah. and shooting those tournaments. That was fun, man. I, I the first tournament I ever shot was outdoors was at Wood Lake. Oh. And man. I had no idea, but the, my buddy goes, Hey, let's go up here and, and shoot this tournament. All right, that'll be fun. We get up there and I'm hopping all over that hill like, oh, dude, you didn't have to tell me I was going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, for, for anyone who hasn't been out there, it is a beautiful range. I mean, it just, it, and if you haven't been for a while, it just gets better and better oh, yeah, every guys, year. I always get to see the pictures. I'm like, but, dang, they've done a lot of work. Yeah, and it's it's only, I think it's only 28 targets. Yeah, I think um, you're right. But it's all on this one mountain, and it's just, it's incredible, man. But yeah, it is all on a mountain. So there's, I've, I've, after all the years of shooting it, I realized there is no perfect spot to start that tournament where you're not going to climb a bunch of stairs twice a day. Exactly. <laughs> you know, best thing with that tournament, if you can go and not see a rattlesnake, it was a good day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many more um, opportunities now for tournaments coming up, and and um, like I said, you're you can shoot a lot of completely different outdoor seasons. Oh, definitely, and and even indoor a little bit, depending on what you want to get into and what aspect of archery you really want to right go for. And you know, and I've always liked to, especially when it's indoor season, mm-hmm. I try to to mix it up. You know. Heck, we'd go down and shoot the shop in Bakersfield. Yeah. On one night, we'd shoot Tulare at the fairgrounds another night. Might be out at Exeter when they had the Boys and Girls Club. We had uh, practice in the building there. Yeah. We'd go shoot there, and then we'd shoot at Impact. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. A little bit of rotation that way you didn't get in to the you know the same venue shooting the same thing all the time. Right. Try to mix it up a little bit, keep you on your toes. And right. And, you know, with, with the outdoor stuff, shoot, you know, you got all the NFA stuff, mm-hmm. the, you know, California archery, the, uh, the FETA stuff, man, they got a pile of those shoots now. Oh, yeah. You know, from uh, L.A. up to Sacramento. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you're wanting to shoot, you can find something just about any time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... With uh with what got started with the OPA, right? I think that I think that's gonna keep going. Oh, definitely. Um, it it's already getting to be at a point where you can't do everything. They they start overlapping each other now. Right. I think it's gonna get to a point where, where, 
there's going to be a lot of tournaments overlapping each other. And even just with club shoots, that's kind of how it is now. Um, um, yeah. But, like, I could just kind of really realize this last year, like, during indoor season, I used to do nothing but league leading into Vegas. Yep. Well, now we've got, um, you've got Wilderness in, uh, in Rockland. We'll host a, an indoor money shoot. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's perfect. It's a, you know, once they fill all the lanes, they sell it out every time. Right. You go and then you do a shoot up at the end for all the money. And they yeah. split it all up and you can win some money. And um, uh, I think Pacifica does another one. The Spot does one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we're going to try and do one at Impact this year. I mean... And they on last year they actually did an OPA style tournament at the um, Cal Expo, the Sportsman Show. They yeah, did. I remember that. Oh, that was a blast. We went out there and um, same thing. You know, we all paid our entry fee, like a hundred dollar entry fee, and mm-hmm. shot for our own money, and it was a blast, man. Heck yeah. So and you know, and I think what we're lacking here. I've seen this a bunch, you know, in different states. My buddy in Michigan, Joe Bailey, he's always harassing me because when it's indoor season, even outdoors, you know, they've got, you know, his club or his shop, whatever he shoots out of, Mm -hmm. they've got, it's, you know, like challenge matches. Yeah. All right, we're going to go over here and shoot this weekend. Next weekend, we're over here. They're always traveling, shooting something. Right. You know, and all the shops here in, in you know, especially Central California. Hell, you got you got Curtis's, you know, Predators Archery. Mm-hmm. You got Spot. You got Scott Wilson over at um, West Coast Archery. Yeah. Central Coast Archery. And um, you get up here, you know, back over here with Brian at Impact. Mm-hmm. There's enough shops around where you could have just a great time with everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, all right, guys, we're going to meet over here. Bring your team. Let's shoot. Yeah. You know, something like that. Build you a three-man team or four-man team and mm-hmm. see who gets the bragging rights at the end of the run. That's what, yeah, I mean, that's what I want to see going on in this area more. I mean, um, we've, we're going to have, um, what is it? I think we're going to have, we have another range opening up yeah. soon. Um, I believe they're going to be going by the Clovis Archery Society. I believe that's it. Um which I, I'm supposed to be more involved with that. So yeah, Mr. Poindexter's yeah. trying to get with it. And I mean and, and he's um he's the rep for Wild Creek targets. Yes. Right? Yep. Which are really awesome targets too. And I'm 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 gonna probably I'm gonna try and have him on the podcast and talk with him about that and a little bit about his, his adventures in Africa too. Oh man. But um <laughs> but I mean he's uh, he's got an awesome plan for like this around the world shooting with oh, yeah. all these different animals from every continent. It, it sounds like a blast. You know, he's doing that, and then you know, part of the range is going to be ADA compliant. Yeah, so folks in wheelchairs or whatever, you know, they'll yeah they'll feel in, you know more an invitation to come up and shoot. Right. They're like, hey, this is set up for you. Let's go shoot. You ain't got no excuses now. Yeah. So, and. You know, heck, he's even got a, a great place to shoot at his, uh, you know, business over there. Yeah. So, you know, for guys uh, been in the in archery for a short time, he's really put up put an effort out to make things happen. Yeah. Which is great to see. 
That's awesome too. Yeah, and I remember him telling me about um, the whole ADA deal with yeah. that, and I I think that's pretty awesome too. Is that something you think tends to get overlooked? Because I mean, it's got to be kind of discouraging for people, especially when they're just getting into something like archery, to wonder if am I going to be able to get around at this shoot? And yeah, definitely, especially a field horse. Yeah, you know, most guys will. Okay, how am I going to get around that? I mean. I did it for years, <clears throat> but because I'm, you know, I ain't all there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot. I look back at, you know, hell, I've hopped all over Redding, Fresno, Woodlake, and most guys won't do that. Right. You know, I that's how bad I wanted to shoot. Yeah, I mean, you so. carry, you'll carry, you carry, like, a collapsible chair with you. Yeah, now Redding my and... prosthetic, prosthetic yeah. I'll carry a collapsible chair that way I can get to the target. Take some weight off my one foot and get ready to shoot that target. Yeah. But, you know, there's guys with prosthetics, you know. They haven't learned how... They say they can't walk, you know, in the hills. But I look at it as, no, they haven't learned how to do it efficiently yet. Right, right. You know, they just need to get out there, spend a little bit of time. Trust what, you know, trust their prosthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it was designed right, they should be able to go anywhere. You know, yeah, I've walked into places I never dreamed of on mine. Yeah, and so, God dang, I mean, uh, I, re- I remember the first time I saw you with that on. I'm like, God damn, you're tall, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me uh, let me start this next little section here real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, yeah, we were saying. I mean. There's so much, I think, going on around the valley now, and I'm hoping to talk with a lot of people and get some more stuff going on, get some bigger stuff and get some money involved. And really, even when it's little payouts, you know, like our our outlaw deal isn't major payouts, but it it gets people really into it. But, I mean, if you can go somewhere, you can cover your entry fee. Yeah. You can cover your room for the weekend, plus your, your... fuel to get there yeah i mean that's doing pretty damn good yeah definitely so you just had an awesome weekend you had a good time with your friends yep, and exactly. had a blast and and broke even that's that's always fun oh, yeah. for sure for sure because <laughs> <laughs> i've gone many many years without breaking even and it's <laughs> it's definitely not it, fun <laughs> it gets to weighing heavy that's for sure yeah it's it's mm. after once you get home then you're laying there and you're like oh shit <laughs> I spent how much? Well, let's see. That bill ain't getting paid this week. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay half of that one. They'll be all right till next month. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy is, you know, the shops and people doing it out of the garage here in the valley. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of, um, makes archery accessible to a lot of people now. Yeah. You know? So you got, heard there's a guy in Hanford running out of a shop, a guy in Visalia, um, little shop up in Exeter. You got uh, King's Gun Center and Indoor Archery Range in yeah. Hanford. Impact Archery Clovis, the spot over in Fresno. There's one up in Lodi. I think there's one in Merced. Okay. Hmm. So, I, I mean, know Merced. And then, you know, if you roll to the coast, you're going right by an archery shop. Right. You know, in San Luis Obispo with Scott's. And then Gilroy with Curtis. So, I mean, there's a lot of... A lot of places to go, you know, at least a person can go in and check it out. Most of them have rental equipment. 
you know, yeah. run in there, you know, I'll give you a quick lesson and learn how to shoot real fast. Yeah. Because you never know if, if that's going to, you know, going to be your next desire. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've definitely seen archery being a lot bigger back East. I think it's contributed a lot to so many people bow hunting. Yeah. Um, that and, uh, the archery in the schools program, I think, has oh, been yes. huge success yes. for archery. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I've gone to uh, Nevada for their uh, state uh, finals for their archery in the schools. Okay. And man, they get a pile of kids in there. And it's yeah, they, cool. Uh, don't they do that during the Vegas shoot? Just like right, like right the before. Day before. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah I've, I've come. I've, I've been in there helping set up um, at, at the trade show. I was helping mm-hmm. Some of the vendors set up and saw that going on. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Those yeah. kids must be loving that. And then uh, um, Bullard High in Fresno, they're getting right to start an archery program. Oh, it's going to be more of a, a club event than anything. Yeah. But, you know, at least you know, that's, a, that's a good place for you yeah. know, inner city kids to get a chance to try it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I got one started at Sanger. Um, it took... I tried my freshman year by the by senior year they got the funding they had nice. some money and we got it started and um which we did you know we did a big group we went out we went up to Dunlap mm-hmm. on a field trip and shot up there it was, it was all part of their after school program right initiative on. they had going on but it was I mean we had you know like the first the first few times we had 60 or 70 kids lining up every day just nice. to shoot bows. They're like, well, we can go shoot bows after school? Hell yeah. And then uh, <laughs> by the end of it, you had like the same 20 to 30 coming every single time. Right. And it was awesome. You Heck know, it yeah. was cool to do that. But, you know, the good thing about starting out of school is there going to be a lot of kids that hear it and be like, well, let's go check this out. Yeah. Where they didn't have an avenue to you before. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think there's so much like really good opportunity, especially in the Central Valley with archery. And it seems like a, a lot of people just don't realize it. Um, and you have what people would argue is the most fun part of archery, which is all the outdoor ranges, all the different distances, angles, hills, right. all that. And we have, we're going to have three of those now, less than an hour from Fresno. Yeah. You know? Four. And this whole four, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we in this this whole state. I mean, we're we've got tons of ranges uh, in California. A pile of them. Yeah, it's insane how many we have, and they're. Um, I mean, just look at how many are up there in the Bay Area. Yeah, and it's oh, like yeah. really, and you're like <laughs> they actually shoot archery around there. <laughs> yeah, because you still always think what you know who's hunting because that's kind of oh, where yeah. it starts, and then. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you know, there's, this state is packed with ranges. And, and, you know, if you looked at collegiate archery now, collegiate archery is blowing up. Yeah. And we got a pile of colleges that have, you know, archery programs here, you know, that are um, tournament geared. They're mm. not just, hey, come out and shoot, you know, during school, you know, they're, they got kids going out and training and they, you know, going down the road to a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it. It definitely seems like the sport gets these little peaks and valleys. Yeah. I think, you know, with Hollywood, it's yeah. that's what really blew it up. Yeah. You know. Oh, shoot. My favorite actor shooting a bow. I got to shoot one. Yeah. You know, something like that. But, hey, as long as it's helping 
our sport out, who cares? Yeah, I remember when the, um, I think it was the first Hunger Games that came out. They actually, I guess they contacted Impact, and they actually gave them like these crazy posters to hang up. Oh, really? And Impact set up a booth uh, at the Edwards Theater in River Park, and and had bows out there and had some targets and i think oh you know i think it related back to hoyt a little bit too because the the hoyt buffalo or something was the bow she used in the movie gotcha. something like that right. but it was uh it, it's i always say now we need movies keep blowing it up and we need we need a good like archery focused movie yeah keep saying we need like a a, a tournament archer who's a like some kind of vigilante at night. Yeah, I'm serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably that's probably what the tournament archer would end up becoming. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what um kind of on that same note, what other than a movie, what what do you think gets archery to the next level with people like man i don't i mean we all i feel like everybody kind of wants to see it just blow be up huge yeah. yeah um i mean we we need to have it on television yeah that's a that's a priority you know because when sports are on tv everybody wants to try it mm-hmm. so that you know that'd be one thing um it's so random that it's ever on, too. And it drives me nuts because I can turn on ESPN any day of the week and see them playing horseshoes or something. Yeah, And exactly. I'm like, and, and we're lumped in that same category, and we're not even on as much as those guys. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It's, I, I almost think with that, though, too. I think you need also, uh, how do I say this correctly? You got to get the, the public... To not look at it primarily as a hunting, a way to hunt. Yeah. We got to look at it as what it is, sporting Mm -hmm. equipment. That's, you know, we got to have that focus turned around. Yeah. So, and, you know, just get more people and, you know, hopefully one day you'll get the right person watching it saying, all right, let's do something with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's hard to get like those non-indemnic yeah. companies involved, and I do think um, you know archery. When you think of archery, and you know you've been around it forever, you think of mom and pop shops. Yeah, yeah, and even um, the manufacturers. You're thinking, all right, small scale businesses that you know they they're in their niche and they're making enough to survive on. But now you look at, especially on the manufacturer standpoint, it's not. You know, it's not a small business. It's a brand underneath, you know, a bigger brand. Yeah. You know, um, and we're watching it all the time, you know, manufacturers, you know, guys getting bought out and they're getting lumped in with this new group. Mm-hmm. And so I think that can help us just because I think there's more money in archery because of, of that. Yeah. That's, you know, same time as gonna take the people under these brands to get together and you know and make decisions and and try to get the spotlight on us yeah so yeah i mean i 
I've I've gone back and forth thinking first it's like well to it always definitely comes down to getting on TV more right and getting seen more and then at first it's like well maybe if um maybe if there's an aspect of it that's changed to be more of a spectator sport maybe that would do it and it's like and then you know I think well you saw yeah, but like you can't have you know guys walking around the uh, archery range like they do in golf right right <laughs> that's just a little dangerous. well even <laughs> well even something that would make it fun to watch on tv right but then i'm like it, it, and then i was thinking about it, i was like well there's like pop-up tournaments were a thing for a while and yeah um that was kind of fun to watch at least for me i thought it was yeah. but espn used to have the you know their little bow hunting challenge bow hunter challenge yeah yeah and you know and they had like you know the speed shooting had clays moving just whatever mm-hmm. And that seemed like it was pretty popular. I actually saw that on ESPN a few times. Yeah. So, well, there's ways to do it. We just got to, you know, put it on paper, make it happen, get guys to want to shoot that format. And, right. know, and then start advertising it, you know, to hopefully, you know, a, a news station maybe to get in and video, video it. Yeah. And once that gets across the news wire, who knows who's going to grab it. Yeah, definitely. And then thinking more about that, too, I started thinking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. People watch World Series of Poker probably in numbers that we would never get in archery if we were televised somewhere. And I can't imagine it's because they enjoy watching poker, but maybe they enjoy watching people compete for $100,000 or a million dollars or something. Right. Maybe that's what it is. And And it's getting the outside sponsors who have nothing to do with Yep. poker or the sports to pay i could see that you know you get all right come shoot this tournament winners a hundred thousand dollars yeah you know everybody like what all yeah. right let's uh and you know there's gonna be a pile of guys trying to get into it so you know all these entry fees that they're sucking in and guys not making it well you know that's going over to the kitty right and so you're you're almost trying you know to keep it you know the guys that you have coming in shooting are the ones helping them to pad it so you don't have too much out of pocket mm-hmm. and you could could definitely get big because you know you get up there all right we got two con two contestants left and we're shooting a 67 yard shot at a rhinoceros who's gonna who's gonna one arrow each who's gonna get it boom boom yep he's out winner <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i was like hey, it's it's kind of cool seeing like these the 3d shoots and stuff like that i think yeah i think it's need some outside companies pitching in a little to help out with it i've seen um i mean what would always be cool too is if i like with the way things are changing right now man one netflix show could make a killing for us yeah just something like that oh man because so many people are moving away from cable shows and stuff and i mean i don't think espn's ever going to go away but right. maybe that's not where it's at maybe it's well, something like that something... who's got netflix now everybody everybody yeah exactly and so you, that's all i've had for the last seven years i think yeah you throw a cool name on it and show an arrow getting you getting ready to be shot out of a bow mm-hmm. the, you know the front page you're like let's check that one out yeah <laughs> Cause that was the thing. I never thought people would get into like the, 
cooking shows and the random stuff you would see on cable on Netflix, but they are. Are there? People, really? Yeah, <clears throat> people I haven't are even loving that stuff. So I haven't looked that deep into it. Yeah, like the. I mean, you know, last time I watched a cooking show was was it Justin or that Cajun? Oh Old yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> little wine for the pot, little more wine for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just need like some kind of a swamp people archery show or something. Maybe that'll get it. <laughs> nah, that ain't the direction we need to go. Like, we need to go be going up on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I saw something recently going around on Facebook that that's been getting shared in the millions, and it was uh, Red Bull did an archery challenge and it was seriously yeah it was still like a more of a bow hunting centered kind of thing but it was huh oh no no but it was um it was kind of similar to that um train to hunt type of thing they do okay where it's like you're kind of high intensity you're running up here with your bow and then you're shooting this target and then you're running over here and doing 10 push-ups or whatever and shooting this and yeah i'm out that's too much work <laughs> oh yeah but no to see i'm, I'm just gonna be a spectator i already know that one <laughs> <laughs> to see red bull's name on it that's kind of like okay that's good oh, that's yeah. a start yep. those things everybody loves watching that red bull stuff for sure so yeah maybe but yeah that's kind of what i've been thinking about maybe Maybe we need something Netflix-wise or something internet to kind of blow up. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, some of these the manufacturers, you know, the umbrella they're under, you know, if they just send a letter up chain, man, there's money to be had, you yeah. know, if they like the idea. Right. You know, because, hell, look at uh, Beastinger went from um, over on the coast here. Oh, yeah. And... When they uh, sold out to Gold Tip, well, you know, that's two. And then those two got moved underneath another brand. And yeah. then, you know, you look at the chain going up, and it's like, holy cow. That was insane. really cool to watch that happen. And what, and I never, I never really um, got to know Blair other than kind of by first name. Oh, that, I met him a few that times. That dude was a wizard. Yeah. Holy cow. That's, that's what I always heard. I, I mean, mean, you know, I got lucky enough you know to help him some with that stuff and wow the stuff i've learned from that guy phenomenal i mean yeah i haven't heard nothing like it from anybody else and everything you hear now it's just what blurred that's regurgitated what blurred said originally yeah and so i mean weren't were you one of you were one of the first few guys he got uh shooting his bars weren't you the freestyle bar yeah yeah i i mean i remember him running around reading trying to get people to yeah. try these bars out he come up to me i just finished writing and I'm like jeff dude i know you're tired let's talk for a minute all right blair what's up <laughs> and dude I, you know i got the stabilizer yada 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 all right cool give me a call sometime yeah i blew him off and i think it was the following year for the indoor season i was over at scott shop at, back then it was farm supply and we we're shooting there oh, yeah. And Blair rolled in because him and Scott are real tight. And Blair goes, Jeff, just throw it on your bow and just try it. And we <laughs> just finished shooting the 450 round. I was like, whatever. So I did. I shot it. All right. He goes, torque it out. Torqued it out. Went in the middle. I'm like, let's try another one. <laughs> Torqued it out. Went in the middle again. I was like, 
All right, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave his spiel to me, and I said, I tell you what, let me take this bar, and I'll shoot it in Vegas this weekend. The following weekend was Vegas. And oh, nice. Dude, I loved it. Awesome, man. And, you know, that original bar he came up with, it was a shooter, man. It was awesome. Man, and it was like, it was crazy to see that happen. Because I remember it being, it had to have been within two years. Then I, I showed up to Vegas and realized like, like at least 50% of the people yeah. here are shooting those bars. Exactly. That's insane. Yeah. But he did it right too. He went to all the big tournaments. Yeah. Talked to a pile of people. You know, he was trying to get started, so his little, uh, little freer on, you know, giving out bars to good shooters. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it all paid off. Right. You know, he just, he had a hell of a business lined up. And, you know, he sold the company, and so now we're just kind of, all right, when's he going to reappear, and what's going to be the next thing he's what's doing? <laughs> you know? I don't think it'll be in stabilization, but he, I, the guy's smarter than anybody I know when it comes to stuff like this. Right. And so I know he's got, you know, he's probably got papers that big of ideas that blow all of us away, you know? And we're just waiting on him to say, hey, guess need, what, I'm back. <laughs> we need people like that in this sport, man. For I, sure. I love it now. I love seeing people become successful in all the archery-related stuff, you know? Definitely. And I mean, and we keep we kept saying about seeing the sport get bigger, and it's like, well, it. I think it's progressively been getting bigger. Right. But we're just not, we haven't became a mainstream sport. Yeah. And that's what, what everybody's waiting on. And it could happen overnight, man. Exactly. It could happen so quick. Yeah. Um, they could outlaw the NASCAR and we'd be right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be happening. <laughs> I mean, I want to, I'm curious on what the next step is. Um, after, it, don't be coming over here with notes. Why are you giving me notes? I'm what, getting... what my my daughter want? <laughs> she want uh, chips and cheese. What? My my mom's walking over here trying to be all quiet and. Oh. Okay. All right, I got to stop using the man cave over here at your house to do my podcasts. <laughs> we keep going until you go to bed. <laughs> all right, we can stop. She's in bed. <laughs> hey, don't hit me. That's abuse. <laughs> we did our All right. Oh. Okay, well, hey. This will be a good ride home. Yeah, we're still live, so. They, I don't think everyone cares about your nails right now. <laughs> <laughs> I came over here because this was a quiet place where I don't get distracted, as opposed to my house. Quiet. Okay, all right. <laughs> good night. <laughs> um. I'm I'm kind of curious to see like uh with with the explosion I've seen, you know, Vegas obviously got so big that I think the I think biggest they needed to move to the um yeah, but South Point. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely that needed, but now we're at the South Point and it's still growing. Yeah. But, you know, bringing in that World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. That just that brought a whole new line of shooters to that tournament. Mm-hmm. You know. So now guys can come in shoot the world cup people can come in and see all these uh you know international archers that they've only been able to see on the internet yeah they actually see them in person you know and if they luck out when they're in the manufacturer's area they might run into them get to say hi to them 
yeah. get an autograph or something. Oh yeah. So you know that's definitely helped. You know with the with the hype. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Vegas itself at at the Riviera when I started was like fifteen hundred shooters, and it was you know crazy to me. Oh yeah. And we're over three thousand now, exactly. right? And um, just the last few years since. Um, you know, being involved with Impact Archery, I always help out with the practice butts because mm-hmm. Impact runs all the practice butts at the right. Vegas shoot. Um, and uh, it, that deal, just in the last few years, like one of the rooms that was specifically just a practice room two years ago, they they opened up both sides of it for the tournament this right. last year and and gave us a new a new little hall for practice and next year there in that hall we were still had we had people waiting all 24 hour practice we still had the bulk of the day tons of people waiting wow you know it's crazy exactly. it's like they're gonna need to give us more rooms <laughs> and they have them yeah I, I i hope to see us fill that place out and have to go even bigger they, have, they just need to go in you know, push all, clear all them stalls, and that'd be a pretty big place to shoot oh, underneath yeah. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about Redding too, because Redding is is, you know, now people are like they're they're filling registration by January. You have to yeah, pre-register. What I'm curious about because of the fires up there, yeah. what shapes that the range in? From everything I've been seeing online, it's uh, they've been really getting a lot of help up there, and it's it's. It's been a lot of rebuilding right. of I mean, the structures. Yeah, we haven't hit the rainy season. Yeah. So, if, you know, there's a lot of vegetation gone. You mm-hmm. know, a, lot of, a lot of hills can slough off. That's very true, so, yeah. yeah. You're kind of like, all right, we're rebuilding now, but are we going to be okay through spring? Yeah, and, you know? and we've all been there at Reading in years, too, where during the tournament in May, oh, yeah. it's, it's pouring on you. Yeah. and. You're sinking the, into the ground, standing there. Right after Bigfoot, the two two bears uphill. Yeah. You're in, you know, water right there over your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Oh man, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, they it seems like they didn't lose a, a ton of targets. They lost Bigfoot, right. unfortunately, and a, a bunch of the big ones they had in that barn. That's but I mean Raglan stepped it up. Randy's awesome. They stepped it up, and they I think they've already got all the new stuff coming together for them. And it it looks like they've got a big effort out there, and seemed like a few shops and a few places put together some um, benefit tournaments. Right. I know Give Impact donations. And, yeah, Impact yeah. Archery in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Charlie Roof out there got one started up, and Good. Uh, I saw a few more in Cali. It looked like doing it. So I mean. Um, I think yeah, that's something I didn't think about though. What what the rain could do to the range just next year, but right. I'm sure now, leading into this fire, it was probably on their mind of either acquiring more property to make it bigger or something, which I'm sure that's going to be on the back burners for yeah, a while. I could see them, you know. Okay, let's let's grab a, a new range to add into it this year. Yeah, and then you know that's going to end up getting filled up. All right, where can we get a third one going? three-day shoot all right you know have them 25 targets at each range and you go shoot mm-hmm. each one over three days and let's see who's, who's got the you know yeah the best scorecard at the end of the day yeah so. or i mean because um, even the the money shoot gets so big now with people even if they uh separated something 
or if they put the money shooters, right? You know, maybe on the weekend and during the week you can have you know have everybody else roll up to shoot oh, something that, like yeah, that. Yeah, that could work. That you can definitely work. I just don't because if you have the money shooters on the weekend, you're gonna have people hanging out, and you mm-hmm. know, and that's just gonna benefit the area. People spending money. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. That could be a, yeah, it could be definitely be a good way to do it because. It's crazy to see how big that shoot's got, too. Oh, dude. It's unreal. I remember my first year having, like, 600 there, and it blew my mind. I thought, right. man, this is crazy. And now they're capping it at, like, 1,800 or 1,650, something numbers. like that. Yeah. But, I mean, right. just to, to have a cap on it. Yeah. I mean, used to, you, all right, I'll, I'll uh, register when I get up there. I don't need a pre-reg. Oh, nothing. I know, yeah. Uh, oh, you didn't pre-reg? Yeah. Pound sand. Yeah, get lost, man. Yep. <laughs> you didn't make it this year. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of shoots like that in California. All the feta shoots. Mm-hmm. If you don't pre-register, you ain't getting in. Oh yeah. And you know, and these are you know, majority of it's uh, kids and you know, young adults and a lot of recurve shooters. Yeah. And so it's like, whoa, when did this happen? Yeah. It's it's definitely cool to see for this sport, man. I love that. Definitely. So yeah, not to, cause I it probably sounded negative for a minute there, making it sound like we need to be on TV and need to be bigger. I mean, we're we're getting bigger for sure. Yep. But like I said, it it could be an overnight. Oh yeah. Thing that Easy. that's insane. And I mean, you look at you know how the pros are dressed. Or actually, anymore majority of the archers, you know, they've got their shooter shirts mm-hmm. and they're pretty classy now. You know, they're not just, you know, a bunch of patches sewed on. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, a good, everybody's got good looking shirts now. You know, everybody's, for the most part, kind of getting away from the holy blue jeans and, you know, wearing nice pants or slacks. Yeah. Not so much slacks, but, uh, you know, like khakis or something. So, guys, you know, if, if we look better, people will right. like us better. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, um, so, I mean, I guess one of the, uh, what we can kind of wrap this up with, um, I, I guess I'm more curious than anything. Um, what's, what's going on right now with, uh, shoulder surgery for you? I know you said you just had that. And... Yeah. Shoulder surgery that happened back in June or June. And so, oh, was it two weeks ago? Went down to San Diego. I've had a great doctor down there, Dr. Robertson at uh, UCSD. Cool. And, you know, she's pretty thorough on explaining everything. And, you know, I went in for my four-month checkup. She checked everything out. She was really surprised the range of motion I already had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I told her my strength's not there, so we did some strength tests. And she's like, you know what, you're doing better than a lot of people at this time. I'm like, okay, but... I'm not shooting yet. <laughs> so she like, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. Be patient. Um, I can start uh, going to physical therapy finally. So I'm getting that all worked in. And so as soon as, you know, the body says I can start pulling the bow back, I'm going to start getting back with it. Cool. Um, can I give you a date on it? Hell no. Yeah. So just, I'm not, uh, you definitely I'm not expecting it. anything though, you know? I don't right. say, all right, I need to be shooting a bow by this time. No. You know, yeah, I'm just you like, all right, I'm, whenever they say it's time, it's time. Yeah, I mean, so. you try to put a date on it and you stress something or do something wrong. Exactly. 
put yeah. you out longer. That's when did for sure. um when I never even knew the backstory. When did you realize you needed a shoulder surgery? Um, ended up taking a spill out of my chair back in March. Oh, okay. And so I could feel it that night. Um, a couple of weeks later, I was invited up to Springville. Um, they had a big uh, 4-H sheet for kids in Flurry County, and I think there were some from Kern County that came up to it, mm-hmm. up at the Springville uh, Club. So I went up there, and I knew my shoulder wasn't all that great, and so I didn't shoot any arrows leading up to that. So I got up there, I shot three or four arrows, and, hey, I can't shoot no more. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, that right there, just like, dude, just go in and see what the doc says and do whatever it takes. Okay, yeah. So fortunately, it was the rotator cuff had pulled away from the ball and, you know, slipped up to the socket side. So they had to stretch that over, um, plant it down, move my bicep tendon lower, and cleaned up a few bone spurs she said I had. And so, hmm. you know... After that, it was eight month or eight weeks in a sling, and holy cow, that's a long time. Mm. But yeah, you know, I finally you, got out of it. I, do you think some of it was? Um, do you think it was all related to the fall, or do you think some of it was kind of archery related throughout the years? Because that's always something that kind of I've been thinking a lot about lately. Is and it's even I mentioned to you before. It kind of caused me to make a change in my form because I started realizing somewhere I'm putting stress right, right. in my back and shoulders that I can avoid to not cause damage, you know? You know, I, I mean, I think, I wouldn't say it's all archery related. I mean, some of it could be, I've only got one arm. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I had a tear I didn't know I had. And that was, you know, the final thing I needed to make a pop. Yeah, well, I mean, but, I wonder if you have some different type of stress with, like, tension on from your neck to your arm, you know? No, um, I mean, like, in uh, 2004, when I got back from Athens, um, my picture was in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And so, before I got home, I had three dermatologists call my house, say, hey, look at that mole on your neck, it looks like cancer. And it was skin uh, skin cancer, melanoma, but it, it was on the epiderm- epidermal layer, didn't get down in the subdermal. So they cut all that out, and they took a pretty pretty damn big chunk out of my neck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so um, I remember got stitches out, and my neck was a little bit stiff. Uh-huh. But I tried uh pull my bow back, and, dude, the pressure that it put there where they cut that stuff out, dude, I about cried. Oh, I was like, man. holy cow. I go, yep, this definitely tells me that there's no pressure in the jaw. It's all in the neck. Yeah. So... Uh, that, yeah, that's something I kind of wondered about. I know everyone kind of thinks it all comes down to the jaw, and no, you've always said your dentist the has no problem yep, with what exactly. you got going on. I mean, hell, when I got married, and you know, we got that new den- I got the new dentist, and went in and told him what I did, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." And so I went home, got a picture, brought back to him. I go, "No, serious, check this out." Holy shit, how you Jump do that? Sports <laughs> Illustrated on him here, man. Right. <laughs> See that? That's me. <laughs> but yeah. Um. But no, I don't think archery really was a big factor on yeah. on the shoulder. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like as I got older, I was, you know, a little more careful on how I did things. Yeah. So, you know, just because I know I've only got the one arm, one leg, and one of them goes down, I'm kind of screwed. Right. So. 
Right, as kind of the situation you're in right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> Not being able to hunt this year sucked. <laughs> oh, man. I can, yeah, I can imagine. Well, I was unsuccessful, so it was kind of like, it was in a way, it was like I didn't hunt. But <laughs> I definitely had some good adventures this year, though. But, um, yeah, it's I started taking a lot more of a look into that this last, uh, these last few months, really. And, um, you know, wanted to make sure, like I said, I'm not doing something funky constantly when right. I'm shooting with my shoulders, it's going to lead to whatever. And I, I think, you know, if, if you're careful, you're not pulling too much weight, um, and you're not using the tops of your shoulders for your shot, if you actually get into your back on both sides, mm-hmm. I think that helps the longevity of it. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the old days, them guys were pulling, you know, 60 70 pounds with no let off on them compounds it seemed like yeah you know a lot of them guys back then were you know they got hurt yeah so i think i think we've uh learned enough about the body and the muscles you know during the shot process to where you know there's less of a chance of getting hurt these days yeah yeah definitely well right on man um is uh is there anything uh, anything else coming up with you? Anything you need to get out there as far as classes or? No, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm at Impact Archery on Monday evenings down at, uh, at King's Gun on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. And, you know, if anybody's ever wanted to try archery, find your local pro shop, go mm-hmm. in and, you know, don't be shy about it. Yeah. Say, hey, I want to learn about this. And, you know, majority of them will, for the first time, they'll throw you a bow and some arrows and say, all right, let's go shoot some. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you don't get out and, and ask about it, it ain't going to happen. Very true. So, and, definitely. And if you got a kid, make them shoot. <laughs> yes. That's definitely good for them. Yep. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming all the way out here to no talk with me. So we're going to wrap this up. And thanks again, man. All right. We'll do this again sometime.